Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to a Wednesday edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. We got a big one for you. Murata Tesh joining us for a little more off-season Jets talk and uh, more on his evaluation coming out of development camp on where the Jets prospects stack up. Looking forward to that. And maybe, I will tease this, maybe a very special guest jumping on while Murat joins us coming up a little bit later on in the program. Of course, tomorrow, we're right back at it at IG Field, putting the crumb back behind all of us and getting the Bombers back on the field to take on the Edmonton Elks. And uh, the uh, voice of the CFL, I, I wonder if he's recovered from last weekend. My pal Dustin Nielsen, we just finished up our big last major golf edition of the Lock Shop. Check on that over on um, the YouTube channel at Lock Shop Bets or wherever you get your favorite podcast. Search the Lock Shop. But we're going to be talking CFL. I can't wait to hear his take on just the week that was in the Canadian Football League. And obviously, he can tell us a little bit more about the uh, Edmonton Elks and his thoughts on the Bombers heading into tomorrow's show. And then, as I mentioned, Open Championship begins bright and early this morning, just after midnight, actually, our time. And Adam Scully from Golf Talk Canada is going to jump on in the final few minutes of the uh, second hour to give the latest on the Open Championship. So it should be a real fun one today. Shout out to everyone that is with us in chat right now. Hit that thumbs up button. And if you haven't already, make sure you've hit that red subscribe button as we continue trucking towards 10,000 YouTube subscribers for Winnipeg Sports Talk. Just before we bring in Michael Remus, a big shout out to our friends who uh, are great sponsors who make this show happen each and every day. Of course, our friends at CoolBet, as I mentioned, big lock shop. We'll have a new partner parlay coming up in the next hour or so for the Open Championship. And uh, man, there is a lot to get to when it comes to this final major of the year. That's all up at CoolBet right now. Our friends at Princess Auto. Of course, Modern Man, Aquatech, Canadian Club in Manitoba Battery, Vita Health, Wallace & Wallace, F Apparel, the Nick & Nicky TQ Group, Consolidated Supply, BP, Royal Sports, the Gold Eyes, Assiniboia Downs, Breezy Bend, Aikens Lake, and our friends at Little Brown Jug. Michael Remus, what is going on? Uh, we, we should have a smoother show. I did not think we'd have power knocked out outside of the city yesterday, but uh, you are back, we are back, and uh, it's all systems go for what should be a very fun show. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, Marat's coming on, got his Jets prospect rankings, what, 5 to 10? Dusty, you think Dusty will answer the question or if he heard from Taylor Cornelius in preparation for this week? About the question, what what is he doing? Oh my God! <laughs> I don't know about that. And yeah, uh, the Open Championship Golf Major Week always fun. So lots, lots to get to as it is uh, July nineteen here. Has mid is officially midsummer. Like, are we past the halfway point? You you know what's weird about that when you ask me? Like I was on with Rod Peterson earlier today, and I. <laughs> You know, he was asking me about Hellebuck and everything. I said, well, things are pretty quiet right now, and I think we'll sort of just couch those conversations for the most part until we get closer to training camp unless something happens. Then I realized, like, I know we had three days of spring this year. It was basically winter, 
-hmm. it was so so for three days and then summer was here um but there still is a lot of runway left on this nhl offseason and while i know elliot friedman popped on i think on nhl network in the last 24 hours and said it is of his opinion that the likelihood is that Connor Hellebuck starts the season with the Winnipeg Jets. And I think considering where we're at right now, I agree with that. We'll find out whether there's any possibility of re-engaging Hellebuck and potentially extending here in Winnipeg, and if not, what that means for the upcoming regular season. But Remo, I was looking at Don Lesition's piece today in The Athletic, who was talking about the biggest winners and losers mm -hmm. uh, after free agency. Um, it doesn't look good for the Winnipeg Jets as far as Dom's uh, numbers. He says the Jets are, uh, you know, 27th and a minus 10 goal differential uh, added this year with the loss of Pierre-Luc Dubois, uh, although did say the Jets did very well in the return for that. I can't help but look at the number 32 team on his list, the Boston Bruins, as a potential landing spot for Shifley if the Winnipeg Jets are still considering and shopping him as they have apparently been for a good portion of this offseason. Listen to the players that are out in Boston after that record-breaking season last year. Bergeron and Krejci right off the bat. Bang, bang at center. Taylor Hall, Dmitry Orlov, Tyler Bertuzzi. Now, Orlov and Bertuzzi were both big deadline acquisitions. But then you add in Clifton, Garnet Hathaway, Nick Felino, Craig Smith. A lot of those guys were added at the end of the year to sort of put them over the top. Obviously, that didn't happen thanks to the Florida Panthers. But I still can't help but think at some point, the Jets and the Bruins do have more conversations on Mark Shifley just because of the massive, massive hole that the Bruins have at the center position. Now, funny enough, as I say that, you know what the other side is, and I'm sure you're already throwing it into chat. Yeah, well, if Mark Shifley leaves, this will be the very similar situation here in Winnipeg, losing their top two centers. Um, and again, we have no idea how that goes, but that Bruins situation, you just have to think that there's more to come from Don Sweeney at some point before training camp. And I know we've heard that it could be Elias Lindholm, depending on what happens in Calgary. I certainly think that Shifley would still be an option for the Boston Bruins if they did want to go down that route. And if that doesn't happen, we start with both 55 and 37 in the lineup. The team on paper looks a heck of a lot better. What that means for trade deadline deals and the entire season, who knows? But to your point, we're still just in the middle of July. So uh, there is some time for things to happen, even though I don't think it'll be daily top of the show material like it was heading into the draft. Yeah, still waiting on that uh, potential Eric Carlson trade, right? Isn't that what's holding up everything? So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm kind of like, if you're Boston, at what point are you sick of waiting for those guys? I guess you got to wait as long as you can because you're kind of screwed now at this point. You're, I, I would think, like, I never really got why Bergeron wanted to retire. He's still at the top of his game. He's still a Selkie Trophy winner. Like, why he came back for, like, $2 million or whatever it was, plus bonuses, uh, didn't make sense to me. And Krejci saw it as well. So I, I'm i not sure what like what's taking those guys so long. Either, like, you know if you're coming back or you don't, or maybe they want to do the Roger Clemens has only play home games, don't travel. Uh, I'm curious how that uh, works itself out with those two. That's a story. You know, it's funny. You look at Dom's list of the offseason most improved teams. 
According to, I guess, his goal differential added, he is the Dallas Stars as the offseason champions right now, uh, adding Matt Duchesne and Craig Smith while only losing Colin Miller, Max Domi, Frederick Olofsson, and Luke Glendening. I was definitely surprised to see to see Dallas as his, what, I guess, offseason well, champion. Let me just say this, and again, take this all with a grain of salt mm-hmm. and for what it's worth. I mean, these are Dom's models, and hey, he's had a great record of picking games and giving us some good for information when we're making bets or doing fantasy in the past. Mm. When you're doing it for the entire league, you're going to look like a genius for a few teams. You're going to look like a dummy for some others. Uh, I will say this. His model obviously values and respects Matt Duchesne a hell of a lot more than Barry Trotz does. <laughs> well, uh, fine. Then go to his second team. I think this team, could this team actually be the offseason champion? I don't even know if they're still a playoff team. The Detroit Red Wings has. They get Alex DeBrincat, JT Comfer, Shane Goss, uh, Daniel Sprong, Justin Hole, Clem Costin, Christian Fisher. I mean, they got a number number of guys while losing who Dominic Kublik, Robert Hag, Pius Suter, Jordan Ostley, and Phillips Sedina. So Detroit actually, I could buy as an offseason champion getting Alex Dabrinka. That might have been well, uh, one the, of the, the better players that you know, switched teams this offseason. Yeah, listen, the Dabrinkat deal at the end of it all was... I mean, that's big. What does he have? Two 40-goal seasons? Wasn't great last year in Ottawa. Gets a chance to come home and play. Signs his four-year contract. But everybody else on that club, like all the other ads and what they paid to get them, I'll be honest. I I don't want to say I've soured on the Iser plan, but it does seem like there's a little, there uh, maybe a little bit of impatience creeping in. And we've seen that over the last couple of years. I mean, the money they paid to Ben Sherratt. The money now they paid to Justin Hole, some of those other guys that you mentioned. I mean, Sprong's interesting. He's bounced around a few teams. He was productive last year with Seattle, but Seattle didn't want to keep him. So to me, that will be determined on Debrinkat and if he can come in and be, you know, an elite top line forward that puts up another forty goal season. If that's the case, then yeah, okay, the Detroit Red Wings are pretty good. Other than that, I mean, Goss Despair, they put a lot, they've given a lot of money to Confer. Clem Costin was pretty good last year with Edmonton. He gets an opportunity to do it. They basically had to eat half of Kyler um, uh, Yamamoto's salary to get him. So the wings will be very interesting. I'm not sure they did enough to make that big step. I think I'm still higher on Buffalo. Um, and where Ottawa, I mean, Ottawa and Detroit in that race for a playoff spot to finally crack that glass ceiling that they've both been under for a number of seasons. Certainly, I think you'd give the benefit of the doubt to Detroit because of what went back or what didn't go back in the in the Debrinkat trade. I still think there's a lot of a lot of talent in Ottawa. And if Corpus Salo, and again, this is a big if, but if he can provide, you know, top half level goaltending for the Ottawa Senators. I think they'll be good. That The East is going to be really interesting. Just on this, while we're talking about it, maybe the biggest surprise of all of it, Remus, was who was at the bottom just one or a couple spots above the Boston Bruins. It was the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, maybe they just value guys like Bunting and certainly O'Reilly so much. But, I mean, they lost Gustafson, Kerfoot. They got some you know, some cap to, to use with that. Justin Hole, Luke Shannon, Achari. Uh, 
But I mean, they brought in Tyler Bertuzzi and Max Domi on those, and John Klingberg on one-year deals. I thought for one-year deals, all of those are really nice additions. And uh, I have to admit, I'm not as down on the off-season of the Leafs as uh, Dom's model has been. And, uh, you know, the Panthers are in there at 31. They added a bunch of guys and only lost Anthony Duclair and Radko Gudis. So, again, these numbers maybe is above my pay grade, but uh, I still think the jury's out on a lot of these teams. But it's always a fun exercise to go through a list like this in the middle of July. Yeah, mid-July, winners, losers. I don't know if we fully have an off-season champion. I remember the Jets won a couple years ago. Senators won last year. I think Dallas won the year before they made the Cup. So I think being the off-season champion has doesn't actually, we've learned it doesn't actually mean anything, but it is fun to hand out that award. But I don't think there's a, a really clear-cut winner Although, if the Penguins land Eric Carlson, maybe they would be the offseason champion. Uh, I think Kyle Dubas has done a nice a nice job there with a couple ads. But uh, we are, what, July 19. We have some arbitration stuff. Maybe there are some some moves. So um, this is where we are. This is where we're at right now, Hus. And the you NHL. The, I was just going to say, you mentioned the Pittsburgh Penguins. And Dubas actually, you know, when you look at it, so much of that stuff happens on July 1st and, it's, you know, you're focusing on your own team. And, you know, when the dust settles, there's 150 players in new cities and it's really tough to, you know, tough to, to, to wrap your head around it. Like the Pittsburgh Penguins lost Zucker, Kulikov, Demoulin, Benino, Poling, and Archibald. But they've added Riley Smith, Ryan Graves, Nolachari, Lars Eller, and Matt Nieto. They're number three on this list. I like Ryan Graves. I think Achari's good. Um, Nieto is sort of a fourth-line guy that might be in. Lars Eller, I guess, can contribute. Riley Smith will be, and it'll be interesting to see how he fits in there in Pittsburgh. I mean, probably taking out the Jason Zucker spot. I'm still skeptical, though, about this Eric Carlson deal. But if it does happen... It sort of is completely along the lines of the Pittsburgh Penguins timeline. You got Latang, Crosby, Malkin, basically for the next two to three years. Eric Carlson's on that exact same timeline. They could end up being one of the oldest teams in NHL history. But, I mean, those guys can still play. And I think that's part of the reason why Dubas got his seven-year deal. They're going to see what they can do for the next couple seasons and max everything they can get out of the legendary careers of the Hall of Famers that they have in their lineup right now. And then they're going to blow it up. And then there'll be a couple real lean years. And then we'll see what Kyle Dubas can do in totally recreating a team that has been so reliant on that core for the better part of the last decade plus. Yeah, it's going to be uh, doing, or sorry, judging and comparing the Leafs and Penguins timeline going forward with Kyle Dubas leaving from Pittsburgh and uh, Toronto bringing in Brad Treleving. Uh Certainly fascinating and how Pittsburgh, who missed the playoffs last year with this aging team, recover to get back to being in the playoffs and maybe even a contender. Uh, I did like the Riley Smith trade. That was a nice, uh, I guess it was a bit of a cap dump and they took advantage of Vegas's situation. Yeah. Vegas went on to sign uh, Barbashev. Just saw some nice pictures of him uh, with the Stanley Cup on a yacht. Uh, so, um, nice moves from, from Pittsburgh there. Speaking of the Stanley Cup, 
it is going to be uh, heading our way coming up in the next, well, geez, I think pretty much the next few days. What is today, the, uh, the 19th? I think it might actually come here as early as tomorrow, and it is going to be here in the province of Manitoba as expected for, I think, nine or ten days. I know Mark Stone's getting it in the middle of next week. I know Kelly McCrimmon's kicking it off in Brandon. Uh, and then I believe it's finishing up with a, uh, they're still putting the pieces together on Zach Whitecloud's um, celebration. And Zach Whitecloud is going to be, I mean, that it's going to be a really, really neat day for him. Um, I know I think it's going to start off in Brandon. I believe it's going to pop by uh, the uh, First Nation that he's from, as well as Verdon, where he played in the Manitoba Junior Hockey League. So for those of you that don't want to be reminded of the Vegas Golden Knights winning the Stanley Cup, you might need to stay away from televisions, radio, and social media for the next little bit. Yeah, Mike McIntyre detailing in the Winnipeg Free Press. Uh, starting on Friday, Kelly McCrimmon will have the Stanley Cup in Brandon. Nice public celebration at the Keystone Center from 9 to 1. Sunday, Oak Bank, Brett Howden. Uh, I'll have a parade there. Uh, Tuesday, Headingly here, Hus, with Mark Stone at uh, Breezy Bend. And Tuesday, and then on to next month, uh, Keegan Colesar. We'll have it in Winnipeg, and next month in August as well, Zach Whitecloud and Verdon. I don't see Gary Lawless's day with the cup in Mike McIntyre's article because uh, I know I know they've tweeted a lot of other front offs, but I haven't seen Gary Lawless with a day. So well, I know I'm- Gary, and I do. He'll have plenty of time with the cup over the course of this next little bit. Now, whether he's at some of these events doing some work for VGK whether he gets to sneak the cup away for half an hour or so. I'm not entirely sure how that's going to go. But Gary will be there. And I'm actually really pumped to be part of a, a little event for Mark um, with Mark Stone coming up next week, uh, which uh, should be fun. I know Mark for a long time has wanted to bring that thing back to a Breezy Bend, where he's been a member for a long time. He's doing a little private party out there um, next week. So that will be uh, that will be a lot of fun. As I said, we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit more NHL coming up with Murata Tesh. One other thing, though, Reem, that I, I know we talked about this off air, but we probably should mention it uh, on because uh, I kind of forgot that we did. Marion Hosa's goodbye game is coming up uh, now. First of all, I mean, I guess this will finally be the goodbye game. Like, will they be wearing equipment for this game? I'm not sure because we all know that's how the Blackhawks got his cap hit off the books because he became allergic to his hockey equipment after playing every game that regular season and every game of the playoffs that year. But what's noteworthy about this is the guys that are coming for his good goodbye game in Trenchin on the 18th of August. Jonathan Taves will be there. Roosevelt, Miro Shatan, Michael Hanzus, Daniel Alfredson, Thomas Kopechke, Marion Gabrick, Patrick Sharp, Martin Havlat, Nick Chalmerson, Zdeno Chara, Nick Lidstrom. And how about this? Big Buff himself, Dustin Bufflin, lacing them up for the Marion Hosa goodbye game in Trench in Czech Republic next month. Is yeah, that going to be on TV? Is it, yeah, stream what, that? Is it going to be streamed? Dustin Bufflin's return to the ice. What a lineup there. Jonathan Taves also involved. 
man, some legends on this list. I've used a lot of these guys uh, in Pukdoku recently. So this is, uh, I mean, it's midsummer. We need some kind of legends game on TV here, Huss. So uh, I want to see Buff on the ice. I don't know if he's going to be laying the body. Are slappers allowed? I don't know, but uh, that's pretty cool. And I was kind of surprised to hear Marian Hosa would be lacing up. As we do know, yes, he is allergic to equipment, and that is why he was on LTIR for the final years of his wow. deal. But the official retirement game is a Slovakian legend. I do hope it's televised, and you know we should. If Buff is in, we should probably be sending a WST correspondent uh, to this yeah. game. Well, it's funny you say that. We were talking about this off air, and I did put into Expedia to see what sort of flights we could get from Winnipeg to Trenton, Czech Republic. I regret to inform you, it is not easy to get there. <clears throat> oh, really? But um, listen, if I'm going to be doing any European travel, it's going to probably be to try to get to that Chiefs game in Germany coming up in November. But this would be fun. Um, I see Frank Peters in uh, in chat. Winnipeg Sports Talk, does Gabe Filardi not want to be here? I have no idea why you would have said that, Frank. He had a great... Uh, Great first interview with so, the Winnipeg media, and uh, yeah, no, we're get, we're expecting a contract to be signed in the next week or so before the here. arbitration date for. Uh, he, but yeah, no, no drama on that. We've got enough drama on the guy that they traded for Gabe Velarde. I don't think we're in uh, in that scenario as. So of Frank asked which dates are still in arbitration, and I just wrote Velarde's scheduled for the end of the month. And just because you have a date scheduled, yeah, we've talked about this many times. Doesn't mean you're actually going to go. It's just a formality. You schedule it, then you have a deadline. Uh, we talked about it with Morgan Barron yesterday, saying, "Hey, just like puts a deadline on things, moves it along." And uh, you know, they'll, I'm we're sure they'll get a deal done. You're not going to trade for the guy, and then you know, said this yesterday, and fight with him in court about how much to pay him. But no, I, I, I was, I was, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, they can't, they can't do that. They won't do that. Um, wouldn't be a great start for a new relationship and a new uh, new team for a player that um you know came over is really the centerpiece of that deal and just back to you know what we heard from Velarde but especially Alex Iafalo I was so impressed with um, you know at least what those guys said publicly to Winnipeg Jet fans when they met the media the first time and I think that sort of shot a new blood could be something that could be uh, very very beneficial for the Winnipeg Jets all right we are going to head uh Actually, out of town, a little out west, and catch up with our pal Murata Tesh in just a minute. Uh, before we do that, a big thanks to Modern Man Barbershops for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Guys, you need to get a cut, beard shape, or more? They've got it all for you. Eight locations now, including the new locations on Pemina Highway or Plessy Road, and a variety of grooming services, including great haircuts, beard shaping, shaves, color services, and more. Uh, make an appointment. Find out the nearest one by you over at modernmanbarber.com and book your look and book an appointment there as well. And, of course, you can also follow them on Instagram at modernmanbarbershops. And I did see a, a alert coming across my phone of a severe thunderstorm watch for the city right now. I know it's going to get nicer for the game tomorrow into the weekend. And it's pool time again in Winnipeg in the summer. Hey, why not make 2023 the year you take the plunge? and visit aqua-tech.ca 
to design your own custom pool. The Aquatech team can provide on-the-spot pricing from designers as well as financing options that suit you. And whole home renovations start with Aquatech as well. With thousands of renos as their foundation, let them upgrade any space in your home. Aquatech's ready to make your reno dreams a reality. Learn more about design, pricing, and financing options at aqua-tech.ca. The summer continues, though. we got big weekends coming up, and if you're planning on getting out of town, you got to make sure that your power sources are taken care of. When it comes to power sources and batteries, there's only one place you need to go, and that is Manitoba's leader for over 10 years, Manitoba Battery. Donnie and his gang are waiting for you. And the best part about it, like whether you need a battery for your boat, an ATV, a lawn tractor, a camper, you'll be shopping local and you'll be getting the best price in town, period. Beating the pants off the big box stores. You don't need to waste your time at Costco or Canadian Tire. And not only will you get the best price in town, but it'll be the most convenient purchase you make because Donnie and his gang will send them to you, deliver it to you for free anywhere inside the perimeter on any purchase over 60 bucks it's that easy save time and money with manitoba battery order now manitobabattery.com give them a phone call or pop down and see them at 1026 logan avenue just before we bring in marat don't forget game tomorrow bombers and elks i'm looking forward to uh, heading to the game and of course i think we'll be seeing lots of uh, canada's favorite canadian whiskey canadian club down at the rum hut and of course the cc and ginger which is now pre-mixed available in cans a very popular drink at the game and a very popular drink this summer you can pick it up at your local beer vendor as well and of course all the canadian club products are available at your local manitoba liquor marts all right let's uh get to the line and welcome in Marat Atesh of The Athletic, who's uh, enjoying a little bit of time out west. Marat, what's going on? How are the holidays treating you? Hey, uh, doing well. I'm hearing a bit of echo on myself. Oh, yeah, Remo, you got that echo on again. It's, sorry, defaulting to turn on. Okay, we're good. Oh, perfect. We're All good, right. Marat. <laughs> um, I, uh, I don't have the chops to sort of navigate that. Like, I wouldn't have been able to keep my sentences clear or what have you. Oh, man, that is the most, <laughs> uh, you know, in my entire time, you know, wearing cans, like doing radio, yeah. every now and then that would happen. It comes up every now and then with some setting that we've got just this week. We've, get, we've got it fixed, and it gets fixed quite quickly. But it literally is impossible to talk with everything that you just said coming in a second or two afterwards. Um, yeah. At a certain point, you just ditch the cans and just go and uh, hope that uh, hope that it gets all done. But uh, but it's all good. How are you doing out there? No, life is good. Um, still writing a bit, working on some mailbags and got a lot of questions, actually. There's still time to get questions into a mailbag that I've got at The Athletic. But that's, you know, to write a mailbag, you don't have to go to a rink. You don't have to go to a press conference. You might make a call or two, so it's pretty comfy. Um, other than that, you know, went to, went to a beach yesterday. Um, gonna gonna have some oysters for dinner tonight, seafood aplenty. It's a, it's a good time. Well, that is a great, and yeah, you mentioned, listen, there's no rinks to go to right now, and there's no press conferences to have, I don't believe. I'm it is pretty interesting how quiet things are at. And we, we talked, we were just looking at Dom Lecician's list of the winners and losers from the offseason in the athletic at the beginning of the show. And, you know, the numbers will say that the Jets, you know, took a bit of a hit trading Pierre-Luc Dubois. 
the Boston Bruins are at number 32. And I mean, I, I know this is not going to be, I think, a daily topic for us. Like it sort of was heading into the draft with the intrigue about what happens with Dubois, Shifley, and Hellebuck. And it's been so quiet on Shifley. I mean, I think the majority of people are sort of assuming that this is going to be something that will be tackled over the course of the season. That being said, I cannot help but think at some point the Bruins and the Jets re-engage. How realistic that is, I'm not sure. But my God, when you have a hole like moving Bergeron and Krejci out of a lineup that was so good last year, they need something like that. Although on the other side of the coin, if Mark Shifley is gone, think of the center position that's gone from last year's Winnipeg Jets team and how does that look once we drop the puck? Yeah, I mean, Kevin Shevoldayoff was not wrong when he started to dig in and defend the idea of those guys, Hellebuck and Shifley, coming back for at least September. And he said, well, you know what? Without those guys, it would leave some awfully big holes in our lineup. That's true. That is an undeniable fact. And, you know, you can argue in Winnipeg's favor, okay, a full season of Niederreiter, Nemesnikov will be here, uh, Velarde was a good uh, main centerpiece I follow and, and all of that. You can argue in Winnipeg's favor, but you can't lose Shifley and Dubois down the middle and think that it's a strength for you. And I guess I'm reminded, you know, as I, I'm, I go back to that line A trade to Columbus for Dubois in the first place where, you know, it seemed line A wasn't, wasn't happy in Winnipeg. Dubois wasn't happy in Columbus. And you could sort of point and say, well, Hey gosh, like that just, Kind of makes sense if you can make it happen, right? Um, this one with Boston and Winnipeg, I think, is another one where, yes, I, I can't say I know Boston's exact opinions about Mark Shifley, and um, no, I don't know exactly what Winnipeg values in terms of Allmark or Swayman, but Boston appears to have an extra goaltender, uh, appears to have an enormous need down the middle, it seems as though that's the sort of place that you could make uh, make the beginnings of a deal if Shifley's heading over that way. Um, and yeah, it would leave Winnipeg in a gutted position center-wise for sure. He's still quality. And I think most of my fears about him are sort of what happens in his mid-30s as opposed to right here and now. Um, but I don't know. You, there's there's something to think about there. I think there's a reason why Boston's name keeps, getting, keeps popping up in discussions. Well, and, and I know that there's been... You know, people a lot more tied, uh, dialed in than me speculating that the first thing that will be determined is Elias Lindholm's future in Calgary. And I understand that. I mean, certainly for this year, he's under $5 million. I mean, what a contract that was signed by Calgary. And as a 200-foot player, I mean, you think he's certainly more reliable, and he's put up big numbers as well. If he's staying in Calgary, if that's not an option – you would think that is the case. But I, and but we still don't have an answer is that, like, if Mark Shifley's traded and you're not getting a center back in the deal, um, how do you handle that going forward? And, and, I mean, that'll be the same question if Mark Shifley's dealt in the early part of the season, if it's a deadline deal, or if he walks at the end of next season. I mean, there's not an obvious... Well, maybe there is. And, actually, this is a perfect transition to what we talked about yesterday. Um, maybe there is a successor to a guy that can be playing in that position in Cole Perfetti. Um, I'm interested in where you're at with Cole going into this season. Could he pick up the load at center? What would the challenges be for Cole Perfetti if he did move to that? And, um, you know, the the pros and cons, I guess, of 
a player that has been pretty productive early on in his career, um, but has also had a tough time staying healthy. Yeah, I mean, Cole Perfetti conversation with about him um, really begins with health and whether he's a wing, whether he's a center, whatever happens with him this season, you just want to see him play 82 games or close to it. You could tell his brain had begun to catch up to NHL hockey. He was picking things apart. He was being more and more offensively productive, but he's got to get a big stretch of games together to make sure that he can, you know, that the hands and the brains and the smarts and the way that he reads the game can um, can he can make the most out of that. And I think that uh, he needs reps to, to make that happen. In terms of Cole Perfetti as a center, I, I think he would be towards the front of a group of maybes in terms of Winnipeg center. I believe in his ability to be a center in the long run in Winnipeg. And I, I base that on his hockey sense. I have no problem with him leading an offense from the middle of the ice making intelligent passes in transition, making intelligent reads in his own zone. Um, and a lot of the plays that he makes offensively as well for a smaller guy, they're from the middle of the ice. Uh, he slows things down. He finds seams, et cetera. He's not necessarily a perimeter guy, uh, despite being a smaller guy. And I, I think that playing in the middle, there's a reason to like that idea. Um, my two issues with it as the solution here and now is that, I mean, he does give up size and, under Rick Bonus, Winnipeg is finally focusing a little harder on the first forward back, plays down low, plays that center's role. But I mean, you know, just picture Dubois on his best day coming down and protecting the goal line versus Cole Perfetti. I mean, I think he'd have a lot to learn in terms of that, just and and a physical package that might never be able to to clear that crease with confidence. So he'd have to find other ways to do it. And hey, if that's part of his path, then you know, what better time than than now to to get those reps so that he can start problem solving it. Um, the, the other issue I have as well is for me, when, when players make those transitions and you get this a lot with center wingers who played center in their youth and then in the NHL, it was easier to break in as a wing. Um, I think when you increase their quality of competition or the intensity of their minutes at the same time as changing their position, I think that's two steps and for me, I'd like to see Cole Perfetti at least excel for a large swath of time as a wing and sort of solve that problem before moving into the middle or being a, be able to move into the middle in a much more third line type of capacity, a little bit more sheltered minutes. And the way that Adam Lowry gets defensive minutes, maybe that's possible. I think you'd have to be really careful to think you'd have a lot of success with him, at least in the short term, especially if Shifley's gone and that coverage isn't there. Well, I mean, even if Shifley is with the club and assuming Rick Bonus is comfortable enough to move him back to center after he finished last year as a left winger, um, is Nemetsnikov the most likely guy to be playing in the middle? Or do you think they give Gabriel Velarde an opportunity early in training camp to show that he can move to that spot where he has played before and be a center and start off that way? I think that both of those things can be true. And under bonus, we saw a, a few guys play multiple positions or depending on what period or what leverage minutes it was, you know, guys that were playing higher up the lineup would get, uh, had their minutes cut or wingers would become centers, centers would become wingers. I think that would all be in play. I think that bonus probably would default to trusting the veteran in those high leverage minutes. And for me, that's Nemesnikov as a, as a likely option down the middle. 
But I also think that he's shown enough flexibility as a coach to at least early on in a season or during certain stretches of play, I would see Velarde taking reps in the middle. I could see Cole Perfetti taking reps in the middle as well. And it would sort of be about their ability to handle those minutes in a way that is both successful and looks like a style of play that the coach trusts. And I think those are close to the exact same thing, but they're not the exact same thing. Not only do they have to create more than they give up, but they have to do it in a way that convinces their veteran coach that they can handle the defensive assignments in those pressure minutes too. Well, that certainly is going to be something we talk about, regardless of player moves heading into all the uh, uh, training camp, if any happen, um, that will be a topic that uh, I'm sure we'll, be, we'll revisit. Speaking of revisiting, uh, we had great feedback on um, you know our conversation last week on your the top five prospects of the Winnipeg Jets, and you know we it's pretty clear that there's that top four of Lucius, Rucker, McGrory, Barlow, and Brad Lambert, and depending on who you talk to, I think those four can almost be in any order. Um, but now, and we had the conversation with Billy Hanel and, of course, Elias Salmonson, who I know the team is very, very high on, and we got a chance to see at development camp. Part two of this is out, and um, let's talk a little bit about the uh, the Jets prospects that um, weren't that group of first-rounders that we've talked about, led by Elias Salmonson, who, I mean, from my opinion, I think is maybe knocking on that door to be the Winnipeg Jets' top defense prospect and certainly may very well be that at the end of next year. Yeah, Salmonson, I mean, just think of think of a professional team, uh, an SHL team, top tier in Sweden, um, trusting him to play consistent minutes, albeit in a third-pairing role, weeks after his 18th birthday. Like, he's a young, young prospect. August 31st is his birthday. He's just going to turn 19 before this season begins. And now they've got a little bit of movement there. There's uh, opportunity for him to step into the top four if he, you know, if he comes in and has a good camp. Um, he had a tremendous playoff run for his SHL team as well. Um, made it, I believe, to the finals of his league. And he played a substantial role. His metrics looked good. Yes, again, mostly third pairing minutes, but it's hard for players in those situations to get that kind of consistency in terms of playing against men at that age. And I think that it's to his credit that he was able to become somebody that they believed in for that. And I think that you can just look at this next season as an opportunity for continued growth for Elias Salmonson um, on that front. I, I really think that, you know, when, when I attempt to, and I'm certainly not an expert at this, but I'm doing my best, when I attempt to project these guys, accomplishments versus their age level is a big deal to me. And, you know, we can get into that a bit with the goalies and that for me, Salomonson doing what he's done so far at this age is a tremendous sign. And I kind of like that he sneaks up on people prospect review wise and that he's a, he's a plus skater to be sure, but nobody's saying that that skill is a leader, a shot is a leader, this, that, or the other thing is just an absolute standout thing about him. But everything that he does, he does at least above average. And I think that that's an intriguing player when you look at Villahanla or Declan Chisholm to a degree, Leon Gavanka, who just departed, like there's a clear trend with Winnipeg's prospect D to have at least one obvious hole in their game. Sal Monson doesn't have that, and that's kind of exciting for me. Uh, Marana Tesh of The Athletic with us discussing the um, prospects in the Winnipeg Jets. You mentioned goalies, and we'll get to that in a second. But the other skaters in your top 10 
are two Russians. And one is Dmitry Ryshevsky, who's 22 and still playing in Russia. The other is a younger player, a bit smaller, in Nikita Chiprikov, who, of course, signed with the Moose at the end of last season and will begin playing in earnest here in North America this year. Um, Murat, what do we know about these young Russians? Obviously, we've heard a little bit more from Chiprikov because he's been there. Um, but I know you've kind of been digging around. Give us thoughts on Chiprikov as well as Ryshevsky and whether, if and when, they might fit into Winnipeg Jet plans. Yeah, I'll, I'll start with Chiprikov because I was quite taken by his release and his willingness to play in the traffic at Jets development camp. For me, um, I've heard I've heard some reports that he doesn't play into the middle of the ice. Then I talk to you know Scott Wheeler or Corey Pronman, or I watch the video that I can find, and you know there's resources for that. And I see him playing to the middle of the ice, and uh, I like the way that he plays in traffic. I also like the way that he gets his shot off in. Um, very quickly from dangerous positions. Like I, I actually, I really like his offensive skills and we get asked a lot about, well, you know, will Chaz Lucius star for the Moose, maybe play for the Jets? I'm not sure. Will Brad Lambert do the same? I think Jabrikov has a chance to be a really impactful offensive Moose player as well this year. And at his age, that's an impressive thing. And if he, if he is able to do that and we'll see what his adaptation is like, if he is, then you could look at, top six NHL future with a little more optimism. And I think that would be nice with Rashevsky. Also, I love his play in small, um, in small ice scenarios. There are a lot of give and goes through traffic. There's a player like Brad Lambert, who I would say has a much higher ceiling, who is so fast. He doesn't always play through the seams in the middle of the ice. Um, with Rashevsky, he, he can make passes between skates, under sticks, all those sorts of things that are extremely, they're professional level skills. And at 22 years old, I guess you would understand why he has a little bit more development there. Um, the thing that I'm concerned about with Reshevsky is whether he does in fact end up coming over to North America and he's got two years left on his contract. I think he'll be 24 still when that ends. Um, plenty of time, plenty of runway on the player, but he's got a good thing going over going on in Russia. He's one of his team's top scorers. He could be the top scorer this year. Uh, he'll get paid more there than on an ELC over here. And I just, yeah, I I would say I have a little bit of hesitance there, and then we'll see. We'll see what happens in terms of his long-term um, coming over uh, to North America. And then we've got the goalies. Um, you know, Divincentis, and listen, we go back to Connor Heller by being selected. No one knew who he was. No one had even freaking heard of the Odessa Jackalopes. And he's turned into be arguably one of, if not the best draft pick the Jets have made based on, you know, where a player was taken and what they've done for the big club. Might we have a similar success story? Maybe not to the extent of Hellebuck winning a Vesna, but Dom DiVincentis as a seventh rounder last year. And what's interesting in comparing him with the other goaltender that's on this list and Thomas Millich um, we're all very familiar with Millich from his work in the uh, with Team Canada, the Seattle Thunderbirds. He's in fact older than Divincentis because somehow he was passed over. I mean, what have you learned about goaltending? And I know we often say that it's voodoo, but it seems like the Jets have a couple really, really intriguing prospects. One that starred in the OHL last year, one that starred in the WHL last year. Certainly the results on the ice last season couldn't be much better for either of these two young men. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, 
projecting goal goalies is so difficult to do. I think even the folks that would consider themselves experts, you know, they allow a lot of variance in that. And for me, I just I look at what we we can what we can know. And for me, Dom DeVincentis had just excellent numbers in the OHL, even as a backup when his starter was older than him last season when Winnipeg drafted him. Um, for me to step in and have a better save percentage than your starting goaltender, that's not something you can hang your hat on forever in terms of a projection, but that's an impressive feat for him at that age already. Uh, then to seize the starter's reins and um, become the OHL goaltender of the year with the performances that he put together. I, I mean, you go through the list of OHL goalies, and I included that at the bottom of my uh, most recent, my part two prospects piece. There's a lot of good goalies in there. Same with the WHL with Thomas Millich. And not everybody on the list is a hit. Not everybody goes on a superstardom, but there's a few great ones um, on those lists. And I encourage you to dig into the comments of, of part two of the uh, of my prospects piece to, to have a look. There's there's quality there. Um, the thing I like about DeVincentis to talk to him as well is he almost has that Hellebuckian, like obscene focus on the work. Like the guy is obsessed with process, it seems like. You know, the seventh round is a starting point, he told us last year. Um, his conversations with um, with Drew McIntyre, Winnipeg's goaltending development coach and scout, um, I think that there's a real commitment not to the outcome so much as the process, which I think I really admire in a, in a person that young. At his size as well, you like that projection. Size is obviously why Milic was let go through a couple of drafts despite incredible numbers and incredible runs through the WHL. Um both of those guys are players that you'd be thrilled to have in a prospect pool uh, in terms of projecting what happens next as they enter their pro careers or if they enter their pro careers right away, what level um, that, you know, we'll, we'll wait and see a little bit. You know, the, 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 the topics of the size on, uh, on Millich cracks me up. I mean, it's not like we're talking about Darren Pang here or anything <laughs> like that. I mean, um, he was good enough to to make it happen through all those other spots, and um, well, now and presumably he'll be. And I would think that, assuming everything happens contract wise with him, he'll get an opportunity to play with the Manitoba Moose this year and try and just continue what he's done at such a high level at the next step. And um, that step would be one step away from the NHL. Honestly, yeah, and somebody's got to end up. I mean. Now you have Hellebuck still. You have Laurent Brassois, who once laughed quite a bit when I when I mentioned goaltending as voodoo. Um, and then Delia. So Delia, who can play pro, you have Oscar Salmon and still somebody's got to go down to ECHL or find an alternate assignment. But it doesn't have to be Millage if he can come in and demonstrate that you know that he can play at that level. But Hus. Can I bring a friend of mine on? I, I was hoping that you would. I was hoping that you would. <laughs> Special guest star. What a treat for Winnipeg Sports Talk listeners today. Um, yeah, you know, there's the, there's this fellow named Fred Penner who sits near your folks at Bombers games that I thought you might want to say hi to. I certainly did. Fred, this is, a, this is an absolute honor <laughs> and a pleasure for all of us to have you on the program today. Oh, like, um, it is great to have you. And of course, everyone knows you as a legendary entertainer, songwriter, the voice of many, many children's youth in Canada. But you're also a very big Winnipeg sports fan, aren't you? Both yeah, Jets absolutely. and I certainly know you're uh, a regular out at the stadium watching the Blue Bombers. Yeah, I've been a, uh, uh, a almost a, life, a lifetime member of the 
of the of the bombers bombers club i was part of the um the junior bombers back back in the Farrell funston kenny plain um days in, in in the 50s and my dad and i would listen to listen to the bombers on the radio it's one of my favorite father son moments where we, we just gather around the radio and listen to listen to the games being broadcast Never got to a game back then, but uh, but I was, as I said, part of the Junior Bomber fan club, and we would go occasionally have rah-rah rallies at the uh, the Uptown Theatre on Academy Road, and, uh, and and one day they had a draw for a autographed, like, 1955 Bomber, bomber football. And, and it had all these all these names. This is a terrible story, and my brother will probably kill me for sharing it. But uh, but I won, you know, out of like a couple of hundred plus kids, my name was drawn, and I won this football. And I was just this is the most exciting thing ever. And uh, and and when I brought it home, my older brother, he's nine years older than I, he said, "Oh, can I use the football for a game we're playing today?" And I, I didn't want to do it, but when your older brother asks you something, you want to be part. So I, I let him use the ball, and the ball never came home. <laughs> so a tragic, tragic thing. I, anyway, no. yeah, I've, I've, I've been a bomber fan for uh, forever, and, and it's exciting to, uh, to speak with you and to be part of that. Well, I can tell you that there is a, a, a level of excitement in our chat that uh, I'm not sure we've ever seen before with such a special guest coming on. Um, <laughs> I have to ask you, Fred, um, as someone that has watched this team for a long time, um, mm-hmm. and we all know what the previous 29 years were like, <laughs> how really? much fun have you had as a longtime fan over the course of the last four years, pandemic notwithstanding, watching the level that the bombers have risen to and the standard that they've set after yeah, really. so many years of waiting for next year yeah the ottawa game notwithstanding but indeed it's been you know it was a long time long time coming they were just just fighting and they seem to implode in the last quarter so often and uh and then some some of some of the great runners started coming on like uh, Oliveira and harris and uh and and it, it changed it changed the game. They they seem to come together, and I think O'Shea certainly is a huge huge part of that. And he's he's now challenging uh, Bud Grant for, uh, for for a top position along the way. It's really lovely to see the kind of commitment and hearing what the what the players are saying about about O'Shea that he he really is a like a family a family man a family team player, and 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 the guys all feel like they really are part of something. Uh, bigger than than just just a bunch of players gathered on the field. Um, you mentioned Saturday, and uh, I, <laughs> you know, of course, you have your incredible song that everyone knows. The cat came back. Yeah, right. The crumb came back on Saturday afternoon. Unbelievable! Yeah, you know, and you mentioned you know the 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 previous. I mean the the PTSD that we've had from blown leads and whatnot in the past. Um, we've as i said we've been so spoiled the last four years what was it like you watching what the hell happened in the last three minutes of that game on saturday it, it was uh well crumb crumb coming on i mean on, on the heels of Masoli dropping down which was so tragic i i was sad to hear that because i i love Masoli when he was with the uh the hamilton tiger cats and and then i thought no they're not going to do it i i checked on checked in on the game about and about halfway 
halfway through it, and oh, they're they're up 16 points. Yeah, we're fine. We're good. We're good. And then, and then that that one interception that just tipped off off the fingers, you know, as uh, as as Zach just missed the missed the angle there. And I thought, oh, yikes! It, it's it's classic CFL football. You know, those last five minutes can uh, can turn it around. And and when they when they got to overtime. And, and the Bombers only got a field goal. I thought, oh, boy, what's going to happen here? And they weren't expecting Crum to uh, to run like that because uh, he's he's a new uh, a new name in the game, basically, and and learning about his style. So uh, so they, they weren't expecting him to, to do exactly what he did. Well, Amazing game. Especially after it took them 25 minutes for one bloody first down in the first yeah. half. Yeah. And- I mean, as I say, you know what, I, I, and I said this after the Bombers got sort of whooped earlier this year by BC, which kind of stunned everyone. Yeah, really. They've earned a mulligan or two from the fan base for sure, but sometimes with championship teams that have been so good for so long, sometimes you need a little bit of a wake-up call, and they certainly had one for 60 minutes. It'll be fascinating to see how they recoup and recover obviously people are excited to see kenny lawler back in the lineup tomorrow and yeah exactly I, that that's i think i think the short week will bode well because i have a feeling those guys wanted to get right back out there the way things ended up on saturday yeah i'm sure they, they have lots of laurels but you can't rest on them uh, yeah. fred penner is with us uh, alongside murata tesh fred um how are your hockey convos with our friend Murat here? You're picking his oh, brain all the time, I, like the rest of us, on what the heck's I, going on with the local hockey club. I I prod him every once in a while, you know, and 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 he he hesitates just a little bit whether it's something that uh, you know that, that is privy information. Uh, but but I uh, yeah I, I've enjoyed I, I I love Murat's writing and work and uh, and and uh, last year a couple of years ago he uh, he, he gave us a subscription a short-term subscription to to the athletic and uh, and so I, I i got into his writing on a, on a on a regular basis and uh he's he's a good writer he's uh he's strong he knows what he's talking about and he brings up things from the players that he talks to that you would you know it's not just you know what how do you feel about that what's this but he, he goes deep and gets into uh into the person and so when you when you read when you read his uh his 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 breakdowns it you feel like you've really learned something about the player and that, that I appreciate. So uh, good on you, Murat. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Hey, listen, I mean, I couldn't second that anymore. I'm certainly everyone in our chat. That's a regular uh, listener here and uh, following his work would agree as well. Uh, and that's high praise from someone that's done quite a bit of writing over the course of uh, your mm. life. What are you up to these days? How's I mean, other than when we see out at the uh, the Bomber games cheering on the blue and gold, or here in Winnipeg hitting up a hockey game, uh, how's life right now? Are you still yeah. uh, still writing songs? Still uh, enjoying doing what you've done uh, so successfully all your life? Yeah, truly, I'm I'm I am working on on the uh, on the, the COVID stuff that I put together. I, I was I was playing guitar on a daily basis, and I've got. I've got dozens of tunes that are, are are waiting to, you know, to come to fruition. So I'm I'm hoping in the next uh, in the next year that I'll, I'll work on work on that for sure. Um, it's uh, I've I've changed location, so my wife and I now have a, have a property on Vancouver Island, and uh, and so that that's Murad and my daughter Haley and my other daughter Kendra and her her partner Dom are going to be here for the next few days. So that's that's a fun thing. I'm still doing touring. You know, sporadically, I'm not uh, I'm, I'm not the wild and crazy guy I was five years ago, 
but the uh, the cat came back 40th anniversary is is pretty much done i've got a couple more dates on that but there's there's festivals and gigs that are still coming up and as long as as long as this uh this 76 year old body can uh, keep things rolling i'll uh i'll be out there well uh it, do you ever write any songs about sports the Bombers actually win a oh, great yeah. cup. Can we maybe get a Fred Penner special on uh, we're, three and five? We're, 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 we're talking it. Absolutely. I, I, I wrote uh, a variation of, of the, uh, the cat came back when the jets returned to Winnipeg, you know, doing the jets came back to 10,000 people at the forks. And that was a, a highlight for me, certainly, but uh, yeah, doing, doing, uh, doing some tunes for, for, for the jets and, uh, and the bombers. I'll, I'll work on that. I'll work on that. as well, we will. Uh, we'll fire you off some uh, material if you need uh, anything Dang. lyrically. We've uh, we spent enough time talking about this stuff. We can uh, <laughs> all be there. Listen, Marat, as always, thank you so much for doing this, especially when you're spending some time out with some very special people out on the West Coast. And Fred, an absolute honor and pleasure to have you popping on the program. Enjoy the rest of your time here, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you back at IG Field, hopefully for another bomber win later on this yeah, summer. Absolutely. Thanks, us. See you here. You guys have a great time. Uh, there it is, Murata Tesh with the most special of special guests in WWST history, the one and only Fred Penner. How about that, guys? Uh, and obviously everyone just absolutely loving it, loving it in the chat. Oh, my God, Schickster with the best idea ever, a Tristan Rivers and Fred Penner collab. Can you imagine? Uh, by the way, shout out to our pal Moja Hangard, Mo, thanks so much for the super chat. Happy Wednesday, everyone. Wishing all the best to everyone. Peace. Mo, right back at you. Um, uh, all right, we've got uh, from one special guest to another. We're just going to continue this show running at a breakneck pace. Uh, but before we do that, I have to give a big thanks to Vita Health Fresh Market for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Seven Winnipeg locations in the home of great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries. Of course, barbecue season's in full swing. Get down to Vita Health and stock up on delicious grass-fed bison and beef steaks. And you can wash them down with some sober carpenter beer or Zevia sodas. And hey, we are in picnic season right now. Lots of great day trips. If you don't want to put it together, pop down to Vita Health. They've got great grab-and-go lunches delivered fresh twice a week. And this month, get a free sap sucker drink with any Vita Market sandwich or wrap. Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives, seven Winnipeg locations, and online at their fully shoppable website at myvita.ca. Uh, our friends at Wallace & Wallace have been busy all summer, as you would imagine, as the fencing and overhead door specialist in Winnipeg since 1946. If you need the security and protection of a new fence or if winter did a number on your old one, give them a shout. They've got vinyl, ornamental, welded wire, chain link, or wood fences. And if you need a new garage door, they're the Clopay dealer. In Manitoba, they've got Winnipeg's largest selection of overhead garage doors. 452-2700 is the number for a free estimate appointment. And you can also visit them at Wallace Fences or wallacedoors.com or pop down to their showroom on Lawson Road off of Keniston. Um, fellas, how's the uh, how's the wardrobe looking? You know, we've still got wedding season in full swing right now, and then fall not too long away. If you need to up your menswear game heading into the new season, get on down to F Apparel. Custom suits beginning at 400 bucks, along with chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked styles, and an incredible selection of menswear accessories. And if you are in one of those wedding parties, you can uh, definitely... 
talk to them about a 15% discount when all the fellas get their suits from F. They're at 190 Smith Street downtown. Find out more or make an appointment online at F. That's E-P-H apparel.com. And just before we bring in the big guy, big shout out to Nick and Nikki DQ for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. It's the good kind of blizzard season around here right now. Tons of great new summer blizzard flavors in. If you haven't tried it, get down today at either the uh, DQ Northgate, Polo Park, St. Anne's, or DQ Niverville. And uh, they're at DQ Niverville online. Uh, or sorry, at DQ Manitoba online if you want to get a, a custom cake order. All right. Uh, we do have just some breaking news. Remus just let me know in the ear that apparently Gabriel Velarde is signed with the Winnipeg Jets. We'll wait to hear what that means. But uh, no surprise, as we mentioned, this wasn't going to go to arbitration. But let's uh, welcome in the bombastic voice <laughs> of the Canadian Football League in the West, our pal Dustin Nielsen. And Dusty, what's up? You got a big act to follow. We just had a Here. special guest visit from Fred Pierce. I, I I signed in on the you know, on the back screen and I I see you're talking to Fred Penner and I was like, what's going on right now? I I, I don't know how that came about, but. Fred Penner. I mean, I grew up on Fred Penner. It was I almost. Did you ask him about the word bird? Because the <laughs> word bird was, I mean, my favorite thing. We used to like. I grew up on a farm, so we would try to find logs that were like hollowed out that we could like climb through, like Fred Penner. So that was. I, I'm full blown fanboy on Fred Penner. There. I, that's that's so it, cool. It was, and I'll pull the curtain back, folks. Like in the control room that I'm looking. I mean, I can see myself. I can see what's on the screen. And when another guest comes in, I can see their spot as well. And I had to hold it together, looking at Dusty's eyes bug out of his head when he realized that it was, in fact, the Fred Penner on the program. Listen, it all came together, and a lot of people are wondering, what the hell, how, why? um, Marat Atesh, our good friend of The Athletic that joins us weekly, uh, his partner is Fred Penner's daughter. Come on! So they are together out on <laughs> Vancouver Island, as Fred just mentioned, getting the kids together and their partners hanging out. And listen, Marat's always great to us, still has always got time to jump on the program. And he said, hey, I might have a special guest for the last 10 minutes. We're like, we are so in. Oh, that's so cool, dude. <laughs> that's awesome. I want Fred Petter on all my podcasts, too. Like, that's great. <laughs> I, I was just thinking about the amount of fun you guys could have had in the AM Nasty days. I mean, oh. you and LTE peppering Fred oh, Petter. We used, we used to play uh, one Fred Petter song when we did our sandwich draft. I'm pretty sure it was a Fred Petter song. Sandwiches are beautiful. Sandwiches <laughs> are fine. I like sandwiches. I eat them all. And I'm pretty sure that was Fred Penner. So, yeah. Well, we've seen we've seen a lot of sandwiches, sandwich icons in the chat as well <laughs> as things are going. By the way, folks, if there is ever a time to hit that thumbs up, the like button, this is it. And if you somehow found us for the first time today, might not always have such great special guests, but uh, hit that red subscribe button and join I, us I feel day. like you're getting a Fred Bun- Fred Penner bump, Huss. Right? All that <laughs> Fred Penner crowd is like tracking you down now. This is great. <laughs> no doubt about it. Um, You know, he's always been a great entertainer. I'm not sure there's been better, any better sports entertainment in a long time than last week in the Canadian oh. Football League. They call it the crazy football league. Certainly we here in Winnipeg describe that comeback by... The crumbback, excuse me, as a little bit more than crazy. But you've been doing this a while, been a fan of the game for a long time. I mean, 
2023 week six will go down as one of the most bananas weeks. And it's certainly giving you plenty of opportunity to lose your mind on TSA. Yeah. Like I would, I would have to think of as far as weekends that have been, I've been doing the games for what, three and a half seasons. We've had some good games, but for a whole weekend, like stemming from the Cornelius play uh, in that Edmonton game where it got people talking, obviously, and then you follow it up. I mean, after what happened on Saturday, many people are forgetting how awesome that Argos game was on, uh, on Friday night. I mean, that was a, brilliant finish to that game a football game that was just extremely well played anyway and then you get you know i was sitting in the booth ready to call our game in regina and we were watching the end of the other game and i i mean i was stunned with what happened and when when i first looked up i had looked back down as doing some prep game right for our game and i looked back up and i saw the red blacks running in the game winning touchdown and i didn't realize right away that it was crumb I thought he like had found somebody on a crossing route or something and taken it to the end zone. Then I watched the replay. And then right before we started our game, I looked over at Suter and I was just like, man, Suter, that's going to be a tough one to top. And then, you know, the stamps and riders give us an amazing game as well. So it was, I mean, you you just can't get many football weekends in general better than that one. Well, you know, just quickly, uh, there was a lot of Winnipeg sports fans that went into the quiet room for a yeah. few hours after <laughs> what happened at the end of the game and maybe did not see that bananas game between the Riders and the Stamps. And these two teams went to overtime earlier this year. I know we were talking on the lock shop. I mean, I kind of went with Calgary just because, you know, you win one, you lose one in that sort of fashion. But holy smokes, first of all, I mean, really ugly injury for Trevor Harris. Yeah. And that's a big, big loss for the Riders. But then Mason Fine looks like he's the miracle maker late. But it's the CFL. you got to watch how many ticks are left on the clock. And it was just enough for Rene Parody, who is consistently building on his lore as one of the great kickers in CFL history, getting the job done and straight up winning a game for the Calgary Yeah, that's, just, that's the 10th game-winning kick of his career. I mean, not many guys have done it better. Um, his career long is 53 which he hit earlier this year. And that was it. That was a deep one. It wasn't 53, but it was from 50 right on the nose. And he, he knocked through Mason five made a couple of nice plays on that drive prior to having to heave that hail Mary that Tevin Jones caught for 69 yards and a score as well. Um, and then, you know, kind of lost in all of it is Mario Alford for just the 10th time in Canadian football league history took two punt return back for touchdowns and Tommy Lee Lewis on Calgary in his first game of the Canadian football league caught a touchdown on his first pass. And then he returned a punt for a touchdown that was just called back because of a block in the back penalty, basically right at the beginning of the play that in my opinion, really didn't impact things, but you know, penalties are going to be called penalties. So we almost had three punt return touchdowns in that game, which is a, entire season for the entire league south of the border. So it was, it was just, it was a ridiculous football game. You're right about the Harris injury. I mean, as far as injuries go, when you saw that happen and you know what, it was tough with the way it went. You're always like, Oh, quarterback should be running. But Trevor Harris is trying to lead his team to a victory. They were on a second and 17 and he took off and got like 16 and a half yards and then got knocked out of the game. So I felt, I felt awful for Trevor. And you know, the news actually looks okay ish that you know, if they think he might be able to return by the end of the season, you know, maybe he can play again, which I, kind of thought might not be able to happen. So we'll see how it plays out, but a huge opportunity for Mason fine coming out of a thrilling weekend. 
No doubt. About it. Hey, quick uh, hello to our pal Dallas, who's uh, kicking it down in California right now. Dallas with the super chat. Howdy all from California. Dallas, hope you're having a great time. Thanks very much for doing that. And just back to um, that breaking news that we had coming into this segment. Elliot Friedman reporting the Jets and Gabe Velarde have done a two-year contract, as we speculated earlier this week. AAV of 3.3, let's just call it, it's basically, it sounds like it is a $3.34 million. There's a lot of decimals there on Remus's bit. But- <laughs> I've never seen 3.4375 million. That <laughs> say that again. I, what is it? Three point four three seven five. So it's going to be three million three hundred forty three thousand seven hundred and fifty bucks. <laughs> We've got right down to the couldn't have squeezed another twenty out of the Jets yeah. or uh, the uh, the other way. Anyways, great to see that that is done. As I say, there will be no arbitration for the Winnipeg Jets this year, um, and Gabriel Velarde will be wearing number thirteen for the next two seasons, and then still be under team control, hopefully with a great couple seasons. And uh, it's a good no, number. Uh, I think it's a good number. Sticking around here uh, here long term. So let's get to this game tomorrow, and you're going to be in the booth at IG Field calling it. I mean, you're in the Edmonton market. Maybe for a minute, just tell us what it's like. I know you haven't been in the more, you know, maybe this is if there was ever a time to be off the air for a little bit. Yeah. This last month uh, with what's happening with the Elks, not a bad time to do it. This team seems like it is just in disarray right now. And now they have to come in as a 15 and a half point underdog to a pissed off bomber team coming off that loss last Saturday. And Oh, by the way, Kenny Lawler, welcome back to the offense. Yeah. Not necessarily the ideal setup for the Elks to try to finally win their first game. I mean, that being said, nobody have any expectations for them going into this game. I said yesterday, I was on the turf district podcast here in Edmonton last night. And, you know, they kind of asked me about the season so far. And, you know, I, I still don't know if I technically view this group as an 0-6 all-time bad team. They lost two close games to the Riders. They've been in a lot of games at halftime. Uh, Chris Jones refers to a lot of his team as kids, and they are a younger team. Like, if you were to look around the Canadian Football League from, you know, from a youth and inexperienced standpoint, the Elks would be near the bottom of the list, and certainly it shows at times. But, you know, they've hung around some football games, and then the big moments are when they blow it which is something I guess has to come with experience, but you know, they've got some bright spots on defense. I still like the receiving core. It's it's Cornelius's accuracy and the offensive line that I think have been the two biggest issues for this team so far. And Huss, last time I checked accuracy from a quarterback and a strong offensive line are probably the top two things you need in this league to have success. And they just, they just don't have that right now. Well, and accuracy and I'll throw in decision-making as well. Yeah. I mean, we've seen at times, I mean, the guy can run. Like, I'm not sure that Dustin Crom has a better package than Taylor Cornelius. He just used it in a hell of a lot different way. Tons of running and maybe took advantage of a bomber defense that was sleeping a little bit. But, I mean, deciding when to throw the ball, where they're throwing it with that accuracy, and then, I mean, trying to do too much. I mean, just take us back to that play last Thursday. I mean, the <laughs> the infamous left-handed throw um, that essentially took them out of a game that they were very much in. Well, and that's the key. That's the thing. I mean, it's bad enough that he tried to throw with his left hand while being sacked, but I think it was a four point game at the time. Like just eat it, take the sack, live to play another day. So, I mean, that's a play that, I mean, I could call CFL games for another 20 years 
And I'm not sure I see another quarterback throw with his left hand in that situation, which is just absolutely nuts. I like this side screen here. Yeah, like he should have just eaten it and gone down because he didn't even know. He knew Mitchell was in the area, but he I don't think he knew that Katsatonis was standing right in front of him at the time. So, you know, this is a guy who's obviously feeling a lot of heat. He's already lost his job once this year. Then he got it back. Then he lost it again in this game. And then this week at practice, he was taking first team reps again. So, I mean, I understand if he's a little rattled mentally just by the way his coaching staff has handled him. But at the same time, he got paid a pretty decent chunk last season to be the quarterback for this team this year. So he needs to step up. They, you know, Gina Lewis has been out, but Dunbar and Mitchell and Kyron Moore. I mean, there are some good options at the wide receiver position for him to hit. And he just hasn't been able to connect with them so far. Now, um, from the Bombers perspective, you've done some of the Bomber games. I know you weren't doing the game last week. Um, they've looked like we expected for a good portion of the season. They had um, historic collapse on Saturday, and they also got whooped pretty good by the BC Lions. And and listen, I'll tell you what, a lot of us here, I mean, they've got this game tomorrow, then go on their first bye week of the year, and then presumably we'll have a, a long, vigorous week of preparation for the BC Lions who were coming back on August 3rd. That is going to be a game that... Uh, I have that game. I'm excited for that one. Everyone is going to be fired up for. Um, But what do you make of the Bombers? I mean, everyone knew that they were the favorites. They were sort of the team to beat despite losing by a point in the Grey Cup. I'm not sure that's the case anymore with the way Toronto's looked as well as BC early on. Yeah, Toronto and BC both look like excellent teams. I, I honestly think the Bombers, I mean, especially with that breakdown against Ottawa with the way that it happened, I mean, I've, I've, maybe they've just taken their foot off the gas a little bit because things have, I'm not going to say they've been easy because it's professional football and, you know, everybody got all agreed that happened on Saturday. But, but well, that this is this is what you look at. You go, you know, they've cruised like the last few years has been like they're eight. No. Oh, could they go? Perfect. I'm good. I, I think probably especially on the defensive side of the ball and maybe even the offensive line has kind of let up a little bit because Kolaris has been under a lot more pressure than he has in the past. So maybe the offensive line is aging a little bit. I still think, I still think they're elite. I don't think it'll be an issue come, come playoff time where we would look at and go, wow, that bombers offensive line isn't getting the job done anymore. I just, I just think they've kind of, I would think the focus is probably not where it needs to be at this stage of the season. Cause from a talent perspective, I mean, the bombers defense is excellent. I love I love Holm in the secondary. Demario Houston's having a really nice year. And offensively, you add Kenny Lawler back to this group, and there's no deeper group offensively in the Canadian Football League. Nothing against any of these other teams, but when you're rolling Kenny Lawler and Dalton Schoen as a one-two punch, Wolotarski's got four touchdowns this year. Dembski's an absolute threat in so many different aspects of the offense. And I'm still a big Rashid Bailey guy, so you've got all of these options. I mean, and then Brady Oliveira, who's an absolute rock at the running back position. I mean, offensively, you know, they should be a team that's scoring 30, 35 points per game. So, um, you know, I think the potential is still there for the Bombers to be a very difficult out and no one take anything away from the defending champs or a BC team that I also am buying into big time. But I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't write the four and two Bombers off as a great cup contender just yet. By the way, shout out for another super chat. Our pal Jesse Pelche, the original pizza delivery guy from uh, the old 1290 days. Pelch, what's going on, man? Great to have you with us, and uh, we uh, we appreciate that. Dustin Nielsen's with us getting ready for uh, his call tomorrow on TSN, 7.30, Bombers and Elks. Edmonton looking for their first win of the season. Um, it, just as far as around Edmonton right now, I mean, I know there's a lot of people that have checked out. I mean, uh, the, the faith is probably lost in 
the direction. But I feel for Victor Kui because I think that he is working so hard. There's only so much you can do when you never win, especially at home. I mean, it's just almost. I Buddy, mean, their well, next two home games are the Lions and Bombers. So yeah, I think they're breaking that record. They, they will, they will, they will hold that one for most consecutive losses yeah. at home in North American sports history, especially in football. That doesn't even seem possible, but well, and it's um, so spread out. It takes forever, right? Baseball, you could lose 20 games in a month, but in football, when it goes four years, it's kind of a tough look, but like it's, you know, Edmonton, it's a weird spot right now because there's no sports radio station anymore. So nobody's really talking about the team, which is a major buzzkill for them. Even even if people would have been on the air bitching about the team, at least they would have still been in the forefront, right? So now you're in a tough spot. And it all, I mean, to me, it comes back that home opener against the Riders. Obviously, you have a Riders crowd there. You know, the attendance was really good for that game. People were like, all right, here we go. Let's give this team another crack at it. And then they failed to punch it in three times for the one yard line. And it was just like, from there, it's just sort of been all downhill since different ways to lose more ridiculous plays, quarterback controversy, significant injury to a big guy that you, you brought in to kind of turn the tide for your team this year is one of your leaders. Um, yeah. And you know, Victor Quee's trying, but it's the same thing. Like, you know, I still see people on Twitter would be, Oh, well, if they were still called the Eskimos, you know, they'd probably be winning these games. And I'm like, listen, <laughs> I don't, I don't care. I don't care who the president is. I don't care who the head coach is. I don't care what the jerseys look like. I don't care what the team name is. You have to win football games to get people out. It's that simple on the field. On the field. <laughs> you have to win games. If, if the Elks had started by winning their three home games this year and were a 500 team with three home wins, I'm telling you, man, there'd be buzz in this city for this team again. It's just, that's how sports fans work. When you, when you don't win a game at home for four years, People are going to stop coming no matter how awesome, you know, the organization is trying to be and how creative they are and how active they are in the community trying to win people back. If you convince people to come back and watch a game and then you lose again, you kind of have to start all over. So it's extremely, and I got buddies over there that work for the team that I've worked with in the past. And those guys are trying, man. I, I feel for them, but they have to deliver victories on the field or else nobody's going to care. It's just that simple. I was, uh, I can't remember who I was talking to, but um, it sort of reminds me of the Reinbold era here in Winnipeg. And I mean, that was just a disaster of a season. They started off 0-10 and, and then won a game at home and gatorated Reinbold and carried him off the field <laughs> at 1-10. and I have a feeling Chris Jones probably won't be in for that, but... It will be quite a scene when they finally do win one at home. Um, it, I think it's very clearly Winnipeg and BC and then everybody else. Who's the third best team in the West right now in your mind? Ooh, good question, man. Uh, man. It's one of Saskatchewan. I, 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 yeah, I know. I'd, yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not taking my time to think up a reason to say Edmonton. <laughs> mind you, Edmonton came close against Saskatchewan twice. Uh, you know, I, I think as of this moment, I would say Calgary. Jake Mayer coming off one of his best games of the season, probably his best game of the season. Uh, they beat Saskatchewan once. They lost in overtime to Saskatchewan once. We don't really know what Mason Fine is just yet. Um, you know, in Calgary, I love uh, Calgary's got a really good front seven defensively. They've got some veterans in the secondary who should be able to make plays. They haven't had Kadeem Carey, but I, I think Dedrick Mills is an absolute stud anyway. Uh, you know, they've been a little bit banged up at the receiver position and they're starting to show that they've got a little bit of depth there as well. So I'd probably give the slight edge to Calgary right now, but let's see what Fine can do for the Riders or if they have somebody else there that might be able to take over a quarterback. 
Um, how impressed? Have you done an Argo game yet this year? I did an Argos game against Edmonton. Oh, in Edmonton, oh, of course. And went that was, as expected. And you know what was weird about that game is Edmonton actually kind of exploded offensively. I think they got a late one that was kind of putting lipstick on a yeah. pig and making it look a little closer than it really was. But I have to admit, I uh, have been very, very impressed with the way that team came out. And, um, you know, I guess, you know, you win, you bring back a lot of those players. Um but, I mean, Chad Kelly's been a great story yeah. so far this season. That's, that's the story there. Like, nothing against the rest of the Argos, obviously. But, you know, you see Chad Kelly in the Great Cup last year, makes a couple of plays, and then you're like, okay, well, you know, let's see how he is as a starter in the Canadian Football League. And I'll give that guy a lot of credit, man. Like, he, I, th- I think, depending on where you look, I think he's, like, the odds-on favorite to be the MOP right now, just ahead of Zach Kolaris. But, um, you know, he's he's played extremely well. And, look, they've got, they've got a very solid running back, one-two punch. Um, you know, they've got some receivers that I think have probably been playing beyond your expectations for them so far this year. And their defense is is outstanding. But, you know, I, I think Kelly's really the guy that stirs the drink there, man. And he 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 looks good. Like, I, I want to see four or five years of Chad Kelly in the Canadian Football League with the Argos and see what he's see what he's capable of doing, because he looks pretty good so far. Uh, you getting on the bird a little later on today, and uh, then a full day of uh, prep for the big yeah. one tomorrow night. I uh, I board in an hour and twenty minutes, buddy. So uh, <laughs> I'm I'm literally in the process of packing. When I'm done this, I'm out the door. <laughs> oh, geez, you're gonna you're in the middle of packing right now, and you leave in an hour. You know what? We appreciate you jumping on again. Star-studded guest list today on WST. Fred Penner, <laughs> Dustin Nielsen. He was the voice of a generation, and. You might be the voice of another generation of CFL fans, certainly doing it. Just on the way out, how how big of an honor was it to have the Dustin Nielsen What is Happening segment on TSN on the weekend? You know what? It's... Uh... To me, it's actually pretty cool because Jay Onright's one of my favorite broadcasters ever. I was just like, I wasn't watching somebody. I saw a bunch of tweets at me. I was like, what is going on here? So I, I went and looked and I watched it. And then uh, Jay actually DM me the next day and was like, I hope you like it. And I was like, of course I like it. Like, you're hilarious. I love you. So, yeah, but I just got I want to make sure I don't like start mixing it in all the time. You got to save it for big moments. So with that being said, the Canadian Football League provides a lot of pretty crazy moments. So we should yeah. be all right. Yeah, I, I'm not worried that you'll have any more material to uh, work with. Uh, maybe not as much tomorrow, but uh, the rest of the weekend, the rest of this yeah. season. Dude, uh, let's get this. Our lock shot partner parlays up. I'm going to say it in the cool bet lines. 11 Brooks, to 1. 20 to 1 for the win. We get that thing and we get right back in. It's been a good run for us with the golf picks. And uh, yes, folks, if you like more of myself and Dusty, there's the lock shop. Subscribe. Lock shop bets. Get the uh, subscribe on YouTube and uh, find us wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Uh, just search the lock shop. Uh, travel safe. We'll see you here in the peg. Yep. See you later, buddy. All right. There it is. The one and only Dustin Nielsen. Um, speaking of that game tomorrow, folks, get there early. Princess Auto Tailgate Zone opens at 5.30 p.m. And I think the long-awaited Winnipeg Sports Talk versus the Yard Dog will be taking place before tomorrow's game. Um, of course, Princess Auto, proud sponsors of the Bombers and WST, place where you'll find the best deals and the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Panet Road, Portage Avenue West locations here in the city. And shop online 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com. A lot of Bomber fans in that consolidated supply office. Great friends and supporters of ours as well. Joe and the guys, when they're not out cheering on the Bombers, are the leaders in irrigation systems, artificial turf,
and golf carts is the exclusive club car dealer in Manitoba. They have some other great options for your property, including hot tubs and amazing outdoor kitchen options. Now is the time to talk to the Consolidated Supply team about uh, making taking that your property to the next level. And of course, they are the uh, experts and leaders in small engine parts and repair if you need that as well. Pop by and see them and their showroom open to the public, 1395 Niagara Road East or find out more online at cte.ca. Don't forget the Bombers are wearing white tomorrow. Um, I know many of you are probably normally rocking the blue. If you do maybe want to add a little white to the wardrobe or just freshen up your Bomber gear or your Jets collection, only one place to go and that, of course, is the OG Superstore Royal Sports at 750 Pembina Highway. The best selection of merchandise, maybe from coast to coast in the whole damn country, to be honest with you. Lots of NFL gear coming up for the start of the season as well. And uh, everything you want to uh, make the most of summer. Soccer, baseball, softball, tennis equipment, tons of disc golf, and a huge selection of bikes. It needs to be seen to be believed. Pop by and see them. 750 Pemina Highway. And follow Royal Sports on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. Um, and our friends at BP have a lot going on right now. Great additions to the new feature menu, the beef and tojitos, which I tried the other day. Mwah, amazing. I'm still waiting to get down on that Korean barbecue chicken sandwich they've got as well. You can check out the feature menu or the old favorites, ice cold schooners, world famous Boston's wings, and of course those gourmet pizzas as well. Get on down for the game at your local Boston Pizza. And heck, if you're staying home, you can always order online at bostonpizza.com. All right, we are going to talk a little golf coming up in a few minutes with Adam Scully. Uh, but Remo, oh, I'm seeing Bingo Bango. My jersey is from Royal. Um, let's just quickly do a quick reaction to uh, the Gabriel Velarde news. A two-year deal, as expected. I didn't think there was a real chance before even playing a game they'd get ufa years bought up on a, a contract i know uh, a few uh, a few wise guys are already saying oh he's out in three years well they've got him for four years first of all so um this was obviously i think a perfect deal to get going interestingly the estimates for this deal was in and around four million so the fact that it came in under three five may be a little surprising but again this is a bridge deal coming out of an elc um, but the Jets got their guy, signed, sealed, and delivered for the next two years. He'll still be a restricted free agent. And uh, overall, that's another big piece of business done for the Winnipeg Jets in this offseason. And uh, the good thing is we won't even have to mention the word arbitration for at least another 12 months. Yeah, no other players has uh, with arbitration, the reigning RFAs, Rasmus Kupari, Logan Stanley. And the projections from Evolving Hockey were around $4 million. So for it to be at... Three point. We get this three point four three seven five. Yeah, so so that's uh, three million four hundred thirty seven thousand five hundred. We got some mathematicians in the chat who are helping us out how to read how to read this. Um, yeah. Oh, they just here's the Jets now with the with the release themselves. Elliot Friedman had the report, and the Jets have now made it officially official. And Gabe Vlardy had a great year last year. Uh, we'll see how he does this year. Where is he going to play? Is he going to play center? Is he going to play wing? But he is a Winnipeg Jet. He will be wearing uh, number 13 for the next two seasons. So, yes, if you want a jersey, you can go get those at Royal. And 
I think you, yes. you you like the deal. I think it's, it's pretty good, and we'll see what happens in two years with the cap and how he performs, and hopefully for him, he can uh, turn it into another longer-term uh, deal after this one. So, Well, yeah, best-case scenario for the Winnipeg Jets, he goes out as a couple great seasons, um, cranks his value up, and then you're getting another contract that involves some UFA years and obviously earns the player a nice, hefty raise. But uh, Gabriel Velarde, if you're just tuning in, Signed a two-year deal today with the Winnipeg Jets, avoiding arbitration, as did Morgan Barron, who joined us uh, yesterday on the program. So all systems go. We'll just see if there are any more changes to this roster to be made before training camp camp gets going in September. All right, as I mentioned, Dusty was just on with us. He'll have the call tomorrow of Bombers Elks. But we did just finish one of our biggest lock shop episodes of the year. There's four of them before the golf masters. And uh, I spent part of my morning today listening to our next guest, chop it up as part of golf talk Canada over on TSN 1050. And it is a pleasure to welcome Adam Scully from TSN back to the program now to get ready for tee off tonight overseas. Adam, what's going on, man? How are you? Oh, I'm good. Thanks for having me on again. It's one of the great weeks of the year, the Open Championship. Let's do this. It is. Uh, it, and, uh, I mean, it's it's always such a unique tournament. Um, but fill people in if they haven't been paying too much attention on what Royal Liverpool is like at Hoylake. Um, because it does seem it has a lot of the traditional things we see in a British Open. Some bunkers that are absolute nightmares for players some weird ob rules that north americans would like um this uh, this isn't your regular track on the pga tour to say the least no this isn't your regular track for sure so the last two times this tournament's been held at this golf course you have 2006 tiger woods won that week and the fairways were rock hard and burnt out so tiger stepped on the first tee during a practice round hit a driver it rolled into a bunker he thought hmm Maybe throughout the week, we should hit two iron off the tee. So what did he do? He only hit one driver in competition, hit two iron most of the week. It was able to roll out as far as it did, and he won that week with one of the best ball-striking displays we've ever seen. Uh, fast forward to 2014, Rory McIlroy, last time the tournament was held here, Rory won, Ricky Fowler tied for second. It was a much greener, much softer golf course, like we're going to see this week. We're going to have some weather in the area. Uh, I'm curious to see about that internal out-of-bounds, like you mentioned. It looks like it's only four or five steps out of the right side rough on the 18th hole, which is uh, terrifying for sure. Imagine having a one-shot lead, trying to hug the fairway some way, somehow, uh, with the lead on a Sunday. The 17th hole has garnered lots of attention some have actually compared to the 17th hole at TPC Sawgrass, the island green, except there's no water around it. It's just a lot of bunkers, which are, quite frankly, death. So uh, Scotty Scheffler was pretty vocal about trying to avoid the bunkers at all costs throughout the week because, really, the bunkers this week will essentially be a one-stroke penalty if you hit them uh, from the uh, off the tee. Speaking of Scotty Scheffler, Dusty and I have been hitting the odds board, and it's very... I mean, for those of you, for the punters out there, as the uh, British like to call them, um, eight to one. Actually, I saw Rory drop back to eight plus eight fifty. Oh. Scotty, oh. yeah, on Cool It right now. We were just doing the show. It went from plus eight hundred to plus eight fifty. Um, so that's the one place where I've seen Scheffler now as the actual favorite. Listen, as I said earlier on the other show, Scotty Scheffler has basically been Tiger Woods with a broken putter this year. I mean, tee to green, he has been historically good. Um, 
he just doesn't have as many wins because he's missed a few more putts. Rory's been hot. Rory's been, I mean, overdue, I think. We'd all agree. Mm-hmm. He just won the Scottish Open. Um, give us your thoughts on the two favorites. And in your mind, is it those guys and then everyone else? It's the one guy, John Rahm's in a bit of no man's land at 14 to 1. But then it's 22 and up for everybody else in the field. Is this going to be the big dogs coming down the stretch? Or uh, is this just, I mean, these guys deserve to be there, but there's just too much that can go into a golf tournament. Yeah, I'm really curious to see how this plays out. So to put this into perspective about Scotty Scheffler, it's now 18 consecutive official worldwide starts, T12 or better. The last time he finished outside the T12 was week seven of the NFL season. That's how long (laughs) it has been since Scotty Scheffler finished outside the top 12 in a tournament. Some other perspective, the last time you finished outside the top 12 at a PGA tournament, I hadn't started hosting SportsCenter yet. So it's been that long for (laughs) Scotty Scheffler. But you got to think he's got to be frustrated. He's having an historically great season tee to green, but he steps onto the green and then he's... It's been a lot of inconsistency for Scotty Scheffler. And yes, his his uh, strokes gain putting stats will be a little higher given he hits more greens and regulation than, quite frankly, a lot of players on the PGA Tour. I think the slower greens, I don't think they personally help him. That's just my opinion, as you really have to force putts into the hole sometimes and play the wind, like Rory McIlroy did last week at the Scottish Open, where he even said on the 72nd hole, that 11-foot birdie putt he made, he was really wind-dependent. It was straight down wind. He just had to get it online and put it from there. I'm high on Rory this week. It would be a really cool story to cap off what's been another strange summer in the world of golf for sure. But, you know, given the way McElroy finished the Scottish Open, birdies on 17, birdies on 18 on Sunday. We've seen him when he's had chances in the past, you know, LACC, the U.S. Open. He birdies the first hole by two putting, a par five, and then no birdies the rest of the way. Last year's Open Championship hits all 18 greens in regulation in the final group. Doesn't win the golf tournament. Couldn't make the putts when they mattered most. Rory won the last time this tournament was played here. So of the big two, I'll go with Rory. Are people sleeping on Cam Smith? You know, I saw him. He was 18, then he was 20, now he's 22. He's the defending champ. He is, I mean, in my opinion, right up there in talent with um, all of the world's super elites. I guess the one thing that you have to be concerned about with Cam is that his driver's been a little leaky. And if you're leaky off the tee on this golf course, hitting a couple bunkers, throwing one OB a little bit, I mean, that can certainly be the difference. Hell, that can be the difference from making the cut in the first two days. Not that I don't think he'll miss the cut, but what do you make of the defending champ coming into this event, Adam? Yeah, he was as low as 16, plus 1,600 when we were recording or we were live on Golf Talk Canada five hours ago. So the odds, they're really fluctuating. And I think these soft conditions are going to hurt Cam Smith because let's say he hits a couple wayward drives and it was firmer. He could dial it back, hit two iron, hit three iron, get it into play, you know, hit these little stinger, as Tiger would call it, or lower iron shots, just get the ball in play. But because it's going to be a little softer, that's going to force driver at least three wood into a lot of these longer guys hands now 
We know the creativity that Cam Smith has. We saw that in full display last year at the Open Championship, the marvelous two-putt from off the green on the 17th hole uh, around that bunker at St. Andrews. Technically not a two-putt since he was off the green. Same thing with the 18th hole, that lag two-putt birdie on the last hole to win. He won his last start on live, so he's rounding into form. Earlier in the season, I wasn't so high on Cam Smith where he was pretty honest. Leading into the Masters, he said he actually took some time off, went home, obviously the live schedule is a little different leading up to the masters but since then live has played everywhere and live has been busy and cam smith has played well so i i'm expecting a decent week for cam smith if it was a little firmer and faster i would think he'd be a little higher up the leaderboard but i wouldn't be surprised maybe take a look at some of the first round leader odds because on thursday is supposed to be the best of the weather days in terms of sun and no rain Interesting. Um, you know, the other guy I was actually just putting a little sprinkle t- touchdown on for first round leader mm. is Xander Shoffley. Oh, yeah. And Xander is such a fascinating player in that he's contended in all of these tournaments, but he hasn't yet won a major. And and listen, there's a lot of great players that haven't won a major. I mean, you look at, you know, you got to beat Rory, you got to beat Scotty Scheffler, you got to beat John Rahm. And oh, don't forget about Brooks Kepka that always seems to make his, uh, his best. Um, but I mean, do you, at what point do you think Xander breaks through and wins one of these and and how might that change the way people think of Xander? Because if you really break it down over the last three, four years, including his Olympic gold medal, he's been as good as just about anyone and pretty damn consistent other than getting his hand on that major championship. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, his best finish, you know, he's played a bunch of U.S. Opens and has been top 15 or better each and every time, I believe. And it's now six or seven U.S. Open starts for Xander Shoffley. So the guy is on an absolute heater at that tournament alone. He plays well in majors because he's generally pretty patient. Now, the last time around, I I love that first round leader bet for Shoffley. We know what he did at the U.S. Open. He shot 62, which was the single round record at the U.S. Open. Oh, for about 15 minutes until Ricky Fowler tied him during that first round at LACC talking about guys who haven't won majors before Fowler and Shoffley going mano a mano here but Shoffley he's had some chances you remember the Masters back in 2021 he was putting a charge on Hideki Matsuyama before hitting it in the water on the 16th hole at the Masters and leading to a triple bogey and obviously didn't win that week Shoffley hasn't won yet this season but he's played a lot a lot of consistent golf and tee to green again he's been pretty good but on the greens he's inconsistent and that's where you look at an event like this with the slower greens how I think that will help a guy like Shoffley because if you watch him in regular tournaments from putts inside six feet he's always trying to hammer it right in the middle of the hole instead of play for break which you need to do a little more most of the time at an event like the Open Championship unless it's straight down wind then you're just praying for dear life that the ball hits the middle of the hole but Shoffley you know seeing him at odds call it 25 to 1 I've, I've seen a couple 30s which does seem maybe a little long for a guy like Shoffley, but for a first-round leader and overall a top-10 sort of thing, I like Shoffley in a big way. Uh, I'm still trying to wrap my head around why it's uh, Brooks's number starts with a two. I mean, he is Mr. Major. He yeah. is as as great a competitor as they probably have in the sport. Um, is there something about this course that doesn't really match up with Brooks's skill set or game? Because I know we missed the cut last year, the two tournaments, the two opens he played before that was fourth and sixth. And I don't need to tell you what he does when uh, you got a major championship on the line. 
Yeah, he has that swagger. And even I'm, I'm curious to see why that number starts with a two as well in terms of betting, because he even said during his pre-tournament presser on Tuesday that, yeah, he's playing well. He's feeling good. He's prepped very well for this. Uh, you mentioned the top tens, four top tens in his career at the Open Championship. Now, when he uh, came T4 in 2019 at Royal Portrush, his caddy, Ricky Elliott, uh, grew up right around the area. So it was almost like a home game in terms of having your caddy to that advantage. Uh, I'm I'm really curious about Brooks Kepka. Yeah, I was really high on him heading into the PGA Championship. I actually selected him uh, for our TSN Edge picks that week. I'm I'm in I'm in last of the three of us between Weeks, Zakino, and I. But I do have to say I did pick Kepka. So come on. But uh, for Brooks Kepka, you know, four top tens at this tournament. Uh, let's put it this way: I'd be surprised if he's not somewhat in the mix inside the top fifteen come Sunday morning. Hey, uh, speaking of our buddy Z-Man, and I know he's been very busy out uh, yeah. out there this week, as he always is. Yep. Um, what did he have for you about um, just the, the, the vibe around? I, I saw the crowds for the practice rounds, and what, somebody said, I guess Rory was playing with Vic Hovland maybe and another guy in a practice round and said there was more people following that group than were at LACC on Thursday and Friday in total right now. Uh, but what uh, what's uh, Z had for you from uh, from uh, Royal Liverpool? And uh, did he have a uh, a hunch? Uh, who is he taking this weekend? I mean, so Z's been all over Scotty Scheffler in terms of whenever Scotty's played, Marcus said that he's going to pick him. He's he's going to win at some point. Another name that we haven't mentioned in this 15 minute conversation is Colin Morikawa who Z is all over. He, he talked to him a couple times at the Scottish Open. He says he's got that fade back, which helped Morikawa win his first two majors, of course, including the Claret Jug a couple of years ago. The vibes look pretty good. Mark was saying last week at the Scottish Open that the conditions were so bad that there were times where he couldn't actually hear the radio broadcast he was on, as he was saying, you only have one earpiece where you have one thing covering your ear and the other one where you can actually hear the action. And he couldn't hear what people were saying in his ear. That's how crazy it was at the Scottish Open. We're not anticipating weather to that degree. Some would say, unfortunately, of those who want to see some carnage on live television. Uh, but yeah, Mark is all over. Uh, he had Scotty Scheffler. He had Colin Morikawa. And Ricky Fowler was uh, his final pick. Good. And I mean, Ricky, what a story his, he is. Um, yeah. You know, if, if I would have told you two or three months ago that we'd be getting ready for the final major of the year, Brooks would already have won one, mm -hmm. and Ricky and Brooks would have the same betting number, you probably would have said I was crazy. But this is a guy that has been so good and so consistent this year, just got back into the winner's circle, and let's not forget who was second when Rory won this event at this golf course in 2014. Yeah, you're right about that. And that was the year 2014 where Fowler had top fives in all four major championships. He was a major championship machine. Couldn't quite get it done. Now, this is a different Ricky Fowler. Obviously, he's a lot older. But if you actually look at his golf swing, it's significantly different than when he played back in 2014. It's more of an upright swing. Back then, it was way laid off, way flat. Uh, and, and for Fowler, he's putted a little differently. Now he's got a longer counterbalance putter, too. And I think he's going to learn a lot about the experience at the U.S. Open. You know, the final round 75, or he was quoted after the round saying he just didn't have it that day. So, uh, again, he'd be another guy where it, it's it's a great thing to have a guy like Ricky Fowler playing good golf because he brings in the average sports fan. He's one of the most popular players in golf 
period. And he's gone through the deep depths and sorrows of the golf world, trying to come back and, and make swing changes. And now he's back in a big way. I believe his odds three, four, five months ago for this tournament would have been closer to 80 to 100 to 1. So imagine having a little futures bet on Ricky Fowler. <laughs> yeah, timing is everything when it comes to that. Adam, love to have you on the program. This was a lot of fun. Like the tournament's going to be on when you guys are normally on the air. What's the Golf Talk Canada schedule like for the next uh, few days? Yeah, you know, our coverage begins at 1.30 Eastern. So whether you're still up and, you know, maybe hitting the clubs or something on a Wednesday night or that sort of thing. But no, we'll be uh, – so our show is on again. You can actually watch us on TSN2 in 15 minutes. And then we're on again, I believe, tonight. But we'll have reports uh, on Center. Bob Weeks, uh, Graham Dillette a part of our coverage with TSN as well. Uh, I'll be hosting SportsCenter throughout the weekend too. And then, of course, you can watch us, uh, Golf Talk Canada Radio to Television, Monday morning, 10 a.m. on TSN 2 as well. Listen on TSN 1050. Dude, I know this is a very busy week for you. Really appreciate you taking the time to join us here in the PEG. Uh, good luck with any sprinkles that you may make on the tourney and uh, certainly in the head-to-head matchup with uh, Bob and Z-Man. Uh, enjoy the tourney, my man. We'll do this again soon. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. There's Adam Scully. Check him out. Anchoring Sports Center on the weekend. And of course, bringing it with uh, the boys on Golf Talk Canada over on TSN. All right. We've still got some uh, things to get to on the program. Um, but hey, a big cheers to our friends at Little Brown Jug. Don't forget, you can get Little Brown Jug's iconic 1919 at Bomber Games, including tomorrow night. Find it at the Poutinery locations or the hometown concession stands on both the upper and lower levels on both the east and west side tomorrow night if you want winnipeg's best local beer in your hand while you cheer on the winnipeg blue bombers of course it is available along with generic in cans generic lager in cans at the gold eyes games and uh it's all there for you at their beautiful patio down on william avenue at the brewery and tap room find out more on everything little brown jug has going on at littlebrownjug.ca and definitely figure out, uh, definitely follow them on their social channels. I mentioned that LBJ is available at the ballpark. Don't forget, folks, you've got a couple days left to get your tickets for our Winnipeg Sports Talk Night at the ball game. Wednesday, a week today, in fact, 6.30 p.m. $15 tickets, go to winnipegsportstalk.com. We've got Winnipeg Sports Talk koozies for everyone while supplies last. It should be a heck of a fun night. We've been waiting to do this for a while. The response has been great. So if you want to meet all your friends from the chat room, the place to do it is next week over at the ballpark. WinnipegSportsTalk.com. Get your tickets before Friday. Uh, we just got a great conversation with our pal Adam Stanley. Or Adam Scully, excuse me. And Scully... It was a heck of a golf report. All of our golf reports are brought to you by our friends at Breezy Bend. And speaking of Breezy Bend, Eric Johnson of TaylorMade, proud Breezy member, has juiced up our major contest for the um, DraftKings as well. We've got some TaylorMade balls and a sweet TaylorMade hat for our winner in addition to the cash. So if you haven't entered it already, get in there right now. LittleBrownJug.c, excuse me. DraftKings.com. It's the Winnipeg Sports Talk uh, League. Get your entries in before tee-off tonight, right around midnight, and good luck to all of you. 
breezyben.ca if you want to find out more about getting on that waiting list for next year over at Breezy. All right, let's get Michael Remus in here because, Remo, we do have to uh, get to some cool bet lines, and uh, we do have to make some uh, some horse picks as well. I uh, I got goosed last night. My four straight nights of winning horse picks did not continue. Did uh, did you make anything happen last night with your selections? Had one, yes, I had one winner, Huss. Uh, it wasn't like a huge win. I think I was up total two. 250. I bet five dollars on how could I not bet on this horse on race three yesterday? Favorite five dollars to win on favorite, and of course, it won because his name favorite is the biggest gimme I've ever seen. 2250 on a five dollar bet. So I was just oh, over nicely e- done over favorite. Has what a name, hey, for a horse like wins yeah. every time. <clears throat> no, you were uh, you're ahead. Okay, we'll get to those picks in a minute. Oh, by the way, I do want to. Give a shout-out to our friends at Aikens Lake because I'm counting down the days now till we get out there. World-class fishing, even more world-class hospitality. If you're thinking about finding out more, maybe a corporate trip for next year or a limited. There might be a couple spots left for this season, but they're booking well into 2024. Find out more about the Aikens experience at AikensLake.com, and you can hit Pitran up on Twitter at Aikens Lake. But... Let's get to the cool bet lines. And uh, I mean, today, our big day on the lock shop, as I mentioned when Dusty joined us, all about the 151st Open Championship. Uh, We've got pretty much everything up right now. But the odds as we speak right now, I mentioned that to Adam Scully, Rory McIlroy has actually gone back. He's now the second favorite, plus 850. Scotty Scheffler, plus 825. Rom is 14 to 1. And then Ricky, Vic Hovland, Brooks Kepka, Cam Smith, that next group at 22 to 1. It's all there. We did put together a little partner parlay for us, and that's in the exclusives under the open exclusives. Brooks Kepka, top 10, and Vic and Ricky both in the top 20, 11 to 1. So uh, I'm all over that. There's some other ones. Pat Gregoire's got a Hatton Fleetwood Kepka top 20 at 8 to 1. And uh, some other good ones. Only two Canadians in it, Nick Taylor and Corey Connors. Uh, but there's some good Canadian props as well. It's all there, but check out that Lockshot Partner Parlay. And you got to get it in before midnight. And again, get in our DraftKings contest, $3 contest. Always lots of fun. Shout out to everyone that's already entered on that. Um, as far as CFL goes for tomorrow, this bomber game is off the board. Remo, do you have any idea why it is? Yesterday, we saw that it went off the board. It was 15 and a half. And now not only is it off the board, but the total and the money lines off as well. I don't have some news like surrounding, uh, you know, maybe they're waiting to see who starts for Edmonton. Although I'm not sure that was going to change how big of a favorite the bombers were either. Yeah, um, I'm not sure. Maybe the Bombers is too big of a favorite. I have no, I have no idea why it would be off the board, Huss, unless there's a quarterback change or a key injury. So yeah, well, four four um, roster moves for the Bombers. The big one, Kenny Lawler back in will make his first start back in blue and gold tomorrow against his team uh, from last season, the Edmonton Elks. Other games right now, Argo seven and a half point favorites over the Ty Cats. BC 10-point favorites over the Riders. Uh, 
and the Calgary Stampeders, four and a half point home favorites over Dustin Crum, author of the incredible comeback last week. Uh, and don't forget tomorrow, Women's World Cup gets started. All the futures are there right now. Canada taking on Nigeria tomorrow night, 9.30 p.m. our time. And I'm already locked in on Canada minus a goal and a half at minus 121. Whoa. Canada's, okay, wait, 35 to 1 to win the uh, Women's World Cup. I thought Canada was, are they not one of the top countries? They just won the gold medal. What's going on, Hess? You know what? It, it we uh, we as a nation, a soccer nation, I think are slept on a little bit, especially on the women's side. You're right. I mean, Canada has more hardware in the last ten years than just about all of these teams, minus the United States. Uh, and they always get to the podium and win the bronze medal. I mean, even top three at ten to one, I think, is great value on Team Canada. Can't wait for the tournament. It's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. It all gets going tomorrow. USA, the favorite at plus 265. Get on over to the cool bed. If you haven't used the promo, haven't played already, use the promo code WST on your first deposit for a 100% bonus up to 200 bucks on your first deposit. All right, Remo, before we finish up, let's get to the track. And you were the big winner last night. So uh, I will let you start as I get my picks up here that I have made earlier today. What, will, uh, where are you starting? I will also get my picks up here that I have made definitely earlier today. Let's pull them up here. I was this first race has two horses scratch, big favorite in Kim's Texas bling. I'm going with an exact box, savage love. For uh, Adam Bighill, I have won with Savage Love before, and someone else that is the one-two exacta box, $3 on race one. Nice. I'm just throwing five bucks on Savage Love to win. Savage yeah. Love's always been a big, and I, you know me, I would have gone Kim's Texas Bling, but with Kim, and this could be like a bet five bucks, win seven or something like yeah. that, I think by the time this thing settles out, but I wanted to start it off on a positive Pot, like get some good momentum right out of race one, and I feel I'm doing that with Savage Love. Savage, I Savage Love's a good horse. I agree. So I, but I, someone else, I'm always attracted to. Uh, the other horse I love betting on, I don't care. Is a massive favorite here because, of course, it is really slow horse to race to five dollars to win on really slow. I have one. Look at this win rate on really slow hus thirty five. Now, I'm not sure I'm going to win like a ton betting $5 on really slow, but I don't care. I'm a big fan of that horse. Maybe you could add right. another. I'm actually going with a little bit of a chalky triactor box. Okay. Really slow diddly and silver maker. One, two, seven in that one. Uh, I, listen, I just liked it. I thought silver maker was clearly the number three. As I, sh as I said, I'm not entirely sure what that will pay, but... I'd rather have a lower winning bet than a loser. So that's where I'm at with the uh, tractor box for race number two. Uh, I don't have anything for race three, do you? No, no, I'm on race four, though. Okay, me too. I have uh, a win wager Yes. on number five, Not Afraid. Okay. I also have a win rager, wager on Not Afraid. So really? we're on the same page there, yes. I like it. Well, you know what? I looked. He didn't have a great uh, race last time, but if you look at, uh, he had previous wins at six furlongs and five furlongs this year to Cinnaboy Downs. This one's uh, at five and a half, so right in the sweet spot. So, uh, all right, well, I don't mind that we're on the same side. Hopefully we will win. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and then I don't know if you have race number five. I don't. I nope. only have a uh, – I'm just in on race six. Okay, I got race seven, so you go first. Okay, so race six, I am going with Tiger Dad, number five, <laughs> yeah. and Magic Tiger, number seven. I wonder well, if the, these are like the wit horses. The Tiger that have, Exacta. That they always name them Tiger. I'm not sure. They're the two favorites in the race. And then I'm going to pop in on my tractor box, one of the long shots, Persibility. Yes. At number three. So three, five, seven, tractor box. That's uh, that's it for me for today and my 20 bucks of fun at that's the track. Per- that's Persibility with two R's. So it is like a cat matching the uh, tiger theme of this tractor. Is that intentional, Hess, with the, uh, the cats? It, it wasn't, it wasn't, but I like the way that it all sort of comes together. Some Big good Joe charm Exotic this guy one. right there. Um, <laughs> I got a triactor here for race seven, Whoa. one, three, five. What up now, JT? Know what I mean, uh, and two steps faster. That's a big 10 horse race here in race seven, going with the triactor box, hoping for a big hit. Six furlongs on that one. I mean, I may have to add an extra, extra bet today, just with such a big, big one. But uh, hey, hey, runaway. There's some good horses. Um, let's see, kick a little booty. Yeah, uh, what up now? One? JT has done very, very well. Yeah, hey, and know what I mean? Uh? Yeah, know what I mean? I like know what I mean. Uh, so we'll see what happens. And distinct approval. Um, uh, and distinct approval always goes at six furlongs. Anyways, if you want a far more educated breakdown, 645 Kirk and Stretch on the Assiniboia Downs YouTube channel. And um, then they'll also be doing little previews throughout it. If you're not able to get out to the track, you can always make a point of uh, watching the races as they happen live or go back and watch them after the fact over at Assiniboia Downs dot com um man this has been a fun fun show today reem I, I still can't believe we were graced by the presence of the one and only fred penner that was really cool i had a big smile and you know i was kind of nervous how it was going to be with fred penner like you know you know he's a musician like what does he know about you know how is he going to be handle himself uh talking bombers and stuff but he, he was great really knowledgeable of the team he says he's got tickets go watches the game so and asked him what he was up to these days. You know, 40th anniversary of Cat uh, came back. Still celebrating that. And part of it was was delayed uh, in 2020. So uh, he seems like a busy guy. And uh, nice to see him on this show. Very, very cool moment. And I'll have to take a screenshot and uh, throw it out on oh, yeah, our Instagram sure. or something. Because that was, I mean, that was an all-time uh, WST moment. Even uh, someone who was trolling us in the chat or trolling the Jets all show was like, whoa, I did not expect to see this Canadian <laughs> icon here. Does this happen regularly on Winnipeg Sports Talk? Because that was um that was really cool, man. That was that was very cool. So I'll have to add it in the uh in the description there at the end. And yeah, uh, maybe a good awesome. maybe a shot of myself and Fred on like the two box yeah. and then get one of the close up of uh Marat and Fred together. It was awesome. Those were uh, those were some moments and uh as they say, Schickster, I think, has had the greatest idea of it all. A com- a collab, if mm-hmm. you will, with Tristan Rivers and Fred Penner. And then with Marat playing bass. 
Yes. I don't I think that's the best idea I've ever heard. I wonder if Marat jams uh Marat jams with them. So we'll have to see if they do maybe they could put out a video. A lot of content opportunities, but some great praise for Marat as well, uh from Fred Penner about his writing in the athletic and oh, Marat with sure. another great uh great discussion. You guys had it with the Jets prospects were more like and you did one to five last week. Today you got into five uh, to ten or five to five to nine or six to ten, whatever it was. So uh, that was a good discussion as well. Before Fred Penner just sidled in, not every day uh, Canadian icon like that. Shows Yin Vivian, up. Yin Vivian nailed it. Fred Penner, a WST historical. It moment. was up there. There's no doubt about that, and uh, that should be good for a few more people checking out the channel as well. Hey, don't forget, gang, a couple more days to get tickets if you haven't already for our Gold Eyes Night. Would love to see you out there. We've got a great turnout so far. It's going to be a really fun night next Wednesday. So get on over to winnipegsportstalk.com and do that. Reem, just before we go, uh, do we want to do it? I mean, it is the middle of July. Like, we haven't done a Winnipeg Jets off-season check-in in a little while. Oh, We had some legitimate news today. With Gabriel Velarde getting his two-year deal, Morgan Barron joined us yesterday. We know the new numbers, but there have been a number of things happening off the rink, if you will, over the course of this next month, including the Jets family, if you will, growing by a couple. Yeah, I don't have the pictures quite ready here, but a couple notes, and we haven't even touched on this. Uh, Connor Helba, congratulations to him and his wife uh, giving birth to their second child. Uh, I think a little girl, so little Huey has uh, has a little sister, I believe. Yeah, uh, Nate Schmidt also had a child, so congratulations. That was a while ago. We have you How know, good of a dad is Schmidt going to be? Like, I'm just, I was thinking about that, like, mm-hmm. in 15 years, 16 years when he's retired probably in the hockey media. Nate Schmidt is going to be that dad on the street that everyone loves, that the friends grow and he'll be able to crack jokes and still basically be able to hang, I think, with the uh, with the younger kids, even when they normally get to be teenagers and think their parents are goofs. Which yeah, is something he's... you have to look forward to in about 13 years. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm already looking forward. Uh, looking forward to that. Uh, sorry, I'm just bringing up all these, trying to bring up all these pictures here uh we did have another uh jets milestone uh jansen harkins has getting engaged Ooh, so that Mark. was nice nice to see nice photos Putting a ring uh, on it there it is nice photos here from jansen harkins um the other jets off season news a lot lovely of guys engagement photos lovely engagement photos. yeah lovely a lot of guys um going to concerts if you follow their stories you know like i follow arvid holmes at some show nino's been at some shows. I think he was at like Coldplay. I'm not exactly sure, but Kyle Connor was at a went to Red Rocks for a Zach Bryan. Uh, Where is Red Rocks? Uh, Colorado, great venue, legendary oh. venue. I would love to go. I think it's outside Denver to Red Rocks for a show one day. But uh, you know, a lot of Jets in the Calgary area, including Josh Morrissey. And how about Josh Morrissey? He was killing it at Stampede. Yeah, he was at Stampede with. Uh, Diplo, are you familiar with with Diplo? Of course Us? I am. Yeah, of course. He's one of the biggest DJs in the world. Not really a Diplo guy, but uh, here they are from Morrissey's Instagram reposted on Bar Down. I, I love pictures like this 
of guys that are like, you know, just normally dressing dudes. And then they go to Calgary Stampede and turn into like big time cowboys. Like if you saw this picture, just outside of knowing it was Calgary Stampede, you would think like these dudes were just like homies from Wyoming or something. And I go out and, you know, do some calf roping or something like that, working on the ranch. And yet one is an NHL player and one is a, a huge international DJ. And this was like the, this was the meeting that was a long time coming. Cause at one point Diplo was rolling out in the Jets heritage classic Morrissey Jersey 44. Yeah. I don't know what the connection there is, but uh, that's pretty awesome. And uh, big fan. These guys looking good at stampede. I I never been to stampede. I don't know about you. I've never, I'd have to get a Gong new wardrobe. Show. Gong show of all time. I'm more of a folk fest guy than a stampede guy. I know they're kind of the same time. Like people I know would do back to back, but uh, yeah, that's I'll true. have to check it out one a, time. You are more of a folk fest guy than a stampede guy. That's for sure. Yeah, I think that's that's more. I missed it this year. Maybe I'll be back uh, next next year. So, uh, but this is that was our Jets off season update right now. Here we're following yeah. it, following them all on social media. And there was a Josh Moore. I think that was the headliner of this this part. Yeah, we'll have another episode of uh, that at some point in the next couple of weeks. Uh, stand on top of everything happening on Instagram. Uh, all right, that is going to do it for us, gang. Um, great show today. Thanks to Fred Penner for jumping on, along with Murata Tesh, the always popular Dustin Nielsen coming up uh, on the program as well. And, of course, Adam Scully. Get to Kubat and check out today's lock shop if you are in on uh, making a little sprinkle on the uh, on the golf tournament coming up. And don't forget, get into the WST DraftKings contest. We've got some special bonus prizes from TaylorMade for our winner. Three bucks to go in. Good luck to everyone. And um, stay tuned. It's WST Raid time. Going to head over to a bonfire. See what Bombing and Walby have coming up for you. Other than that, have a great night. Keep your eyes to the skies. Severe thunderstorm watching effect. And we'll be back tomorrow for a game day edition. Bombers Elks tomorrow right here on WST. Have a good one, everyone. Oh, my God. Oh! Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.